0: Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Athlesford District Planning Committee meeting for the 19th of December. Um, a few points of order just before we start. That's one of the points. Uh, can everybody please ensure their phones are turned off? I don't like it when phones are on, so I will remove you. Um, no, there's no songs, no. Uh, no fire alarms are planned today. If the fire alarm does go off, it's genuine. Please meet on the grass at the front of the building. Um, we have uh, no Eric Hicks today. I have his apologies. And uh, Councillor Farthing is sitting in for him as one of the substitutes. No other changes. Um, can I approve the previous minutes? No,
1: uh, Councillor Fairhurst, I know you want yes, to... Yes, thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, with regard to the Minutes, might I suggest, in fact, that we, um, instead of approving these Minutes, we append a full transcript. It's far too uh, weighty an issue to put together in seven pages, and rather than uh, get into a long discussion about the process, we just append it, and it's much more efficient, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm
0: quite happy with that, if everybody else on the Committee is happy with that. I'll have a show of hands, please. Everybody happy? We'll add a transcript, because of the amount of detail in it, and that will be appended to the Minutes. Yes, I know we don't normally do it, but there's been so many queries and bits and pieces, OK? What, Exceptional more. circumstances, yeah?
2: Declarations of interest. I haven't finished with the minutes, please. Ah, sorry, OK. Uh, if you go to page seven, uh, the uh, minute uh, on the uh, development at, Berry, at um, the Joyce Franklin Trust in Newport uh, is not complete because there's no mention made one of the reasons for refusing that application uh, was the issue of safety of pedestrians in Berrywater Lane. It is silent. The minute is silent on that. It's important that it's recorded because when it comes to appeal that would be one of the things that is is material. Yeah. Uh, point taken. Uh, ben, if you'll make a note of that. Can and we'll I, look can I so just
3: clarify that? Could you just repeat that again? Because okay. uh, If you go refu- to
2: page 6 or page 7 of your um, pack uh, you'll find that the Um, UTT 180739, which is Joyce Franklin Academy, the application for 24 houses. It gives various reasons for uh, turning the application down. It does not mention that one of the reasons was safety in Berrywater Lane of pedestrians. It was raised and we debated it. I
0: I think we probably will also need to check the transcript on that as to make sure that we actually put it forward as a varied reason, as as an actual reason to be taken forward in planning terms. I, reason, know we,
2: I know we talked about it. The reason twofold. One is uh, the um, school children that use that lane perforce; they yeah. have no choice. Yeah. The other one was that it was one of the pedestrian ingress and egress for the proposed houses. Uh, the actual detail wasn't on the map, but it was a location. Okay. Uh, the, the people will be crossing water Lane in order to get into Newport.
0: Okay, again, what I'm going to do is ask Ben to have a look at that and then I'll take that offline with you and make an amendment if necessary, okay? Thank you very much. Any other objections? Uh, declarations of interest? saffron Warden Town Council? Yeah.
1: Yes, Mr Chairman, um, just to add also that we recuse ourselves from all deliberations at saffron Warden Town Council for the matters involved here today. Yeah, take
0: your point. Okay, no other issues? Okay. In that case, we'll move on to item one application UTT 180824 outline planning for land of Eastern Road, Saffron Walden. Um, what I propose to do is take these two applications together. So I'm going to ask speakers
1: to speak to both applications. Councillor Fairhurst? Sorry, Mr. Chairman, back again. I have a problem with that, and I have a problem with that because one of the few things I've learned in the last four years, I know I'm a slow learner, is the golden rule of planning, which I've been scolded by, by Councillor Lochlan on and Councillor Chambers on, is that whenever you look at any application, you do so in its, its, in, on its own merits. We have been trying quite hard to to show the other applications coming forward or approved in the same area which would have the same effect and of course the rule applies you can't look at those things you must look just at the application so when I am confronted with that we'll take these two together I'm afraid I have a serious problem and I can't I I don't believe that that's in contradiction to the most important rule we always live by let
0: me clarify we're going to take the votes completely separately
1: I'm not voting on them as a joint thing. I'm
0: taking votes separately. We'll look at them separately at that point. But because the two are so interlinked, speakers are going to speak to one and then basically come up and say fairly similar points. So I, I would rather try and take both together yes, I, I, thank you, because Chair. it's almost impossible to separate the issues.
1: And that's my problem. Therein lies the excitement of the deal because, in fact, when you read the applications and you read the officers' reports, they, in fact, are not kept separate. Now on a number of occasions, and I can itemise them up, we've all read the articles, it specifically says that taken together, this can provide a link road. Taken together, this can work in terms of the environment. These have not been separated in themselves and and I find myself in in the horns of a dilemma because we either take things on their merits and assess them independently or we don't. So this is something we need to address directly here and my misgivings are are, are extensive. If you're prepared to go ahead with the process, then I must uh, state an immediate objection on this process. Thank you.
0: Do you see the difficulty in trying to separate them?
1: Yeah. So, are you happy enough that speakers speak to both? It's not the speakers so much as it is the officer's report. This officer's the, report right, represents okay. represents the evidence right. upon which we have to come the to the two officer's reports. We can separate if necessary. As long as we then excise all reference to the other one in each report, I'm happy with that. But there are a number of those. I w- can't do that. and thank you very much. You can't do them. That's my point. Well, no. Mr. Can I, can I,
3: The the issues are, in terms of throughout both reports, part of fundamental, both in terms of highway issues and in terms of air quality issues, the cumulative impact of both are significant. So we're guilty as charged, that is why both reports are referring to the
1: others. Thank you, Mr. We Chairman. We would have
3: failed had we don't. So that Thank is you, correct. Tim.
1: So, so you're, you have a problem? No, we have got a problem. I'm sorry, we do. We have a legal problem. It is not lawful. Either we have a rule we obey in the last four years, and I can tell you five, six, seven times I said, Excuse me, Mr. Chairman, this is great on its own, but down the road there's another 200 house development. I was told, Excuse me. That's outside of the permit of our our discussion. It's no good saying, sorry guys, we're going to have to put them together because they're inextricably linked. That's legally impossible.
0: I'll take your point, but your own statement there was down the road. At least there was some separation. These two are absolutely adjacent to each other, okay, and actually some of the factors that affect one affect the other.
1: Are they the same applicant?
0: No, they're not the same applicant, as you well know. Well, what I'll do is I'll ask Elizabeth for a legal ruling on whether we can do them together in the form that we're doing, and then I'll go by what she says, okay?
1: Elizabeth.
4: Thank you, Mr Chairman. The committee can regulate its own procedure, which essentially this is doing. These are two adjacent sites, and there is in each separate report a separate separate reference to a very important mitigation measure that mitigation measure can only be granted can only be delivered if those two applications are both granted the issues surrounding the two applications are identical they are separate Applicants, but their adjacent sites and the mitigation measures for each site separately are not the same as the mitigation measures would be for the two sites together. And the mitigation measures for the two sites together are in a different order to the ones that would have to be placed in situ were one application to stand and another to fall. Obviously, what is to happen on each application is for members, not for us. But there is no objection to hearing the reports for each consecutively, hearing the speakers together, asking speakers to speak to both applications, which will have a consequent saving of time, but there will be a separate proposal and seconding of each separate application.
0: Just to come back to you, I I think everybody in the room hopefully would look at this and we'd be looking stupid if we actually tried to do these separately. I I understand what you're saying legally and we have to keep that separation. We will still be able to refuse one and approve the other or vice versa or decline both or approve both. That's still all on the table, but there's so many factors that are common to both. I think common sense ought to prevail and we'll try and take it in that manner if that's okay.
1: Mr. Chairman, I appreciate that common sense must prevail, Um, and I applaud my learned friend for trying to explain this. But it is very simple. There are two applications, there are two applicants with two outcomes, and the difference is a question of number of houses. We have effectively said that when it suits us, when it's practical, when it's really too difficult not to do it, we'll amend our rules that we've held fast for the last four years. It is not once. It's not twice, it's not three times that it's been presented to me. I have been the villain in this, and I guarantee the council will talk about it. I've been the villain who said, let's look at the context, and I've been told this is the rule. We weren't told it was this chamber's rule, we were told it's planning law. So now we're saying, but for the purpose of this meeting, because it's really difficult to separate things, we're going to really put them together. And as you know, because reading the article, it specifically says that if you don't take them together, it's almost impossible to find sustainability on either side. Boy, do you have a problem. So what I'm going to suggest is this. For common sense purposes, I have to accede to your request. You're the chairman of the route. But please, can I record my, 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 my serious reservation on a legal point? My serious reservations. I believe I'm not the only one in the room who knows this, and I think it should be recorded, please. Thank you. Now, your point will be noted, and I, and I,
0: I get where you're coming from but I think this one is almost impossible to separate. I, you know, not one rule for one and one for others, but I take your point. Okay. Council Lodge.
5: I, I am still still comf- confused by this, in that I, I, and also what uh, my colleague has said there, in that if, if we look particularly at Berrywater Lane, uh, uh, White Ditch Lane in Newport, we were continually told with each successive application we have to ignore the other applications that are there. So I I understand what uh, uh, Elizabeth Smith is saying, that this is a procedural, she's saying this is a procedural point for this committee. So presumably then for the other decisions we could have invoked that same procedural point. So I'm presuming one, we have either been misled previously or now We are invoking the procedural point and it is not a legal point. So, can I have final confirmation that should this go to a judicial review, the council will have no problem in in saying that this is procedural and not legal? Mr. Brown.
3: Well, probably a legal point.
4: Basically, the difference between these two applications and Bury Water Lane is that the applications on water lane were brought successively these applications come before you today there is also a mitigation proposal that in this case can only be delivered if the two applications are heard together
3: can I just pick and up sorry just sorry. sorry which way do you want to do?
0: I was going to say, I mean, using Berrywater Lane as an example, we actually found against that application because the people around this circle here actually did take into consideration. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But we're doing exactly the same today.
3: Mr Brown. Uh, we, have, we have had very exceptional circumstances whereby... When we considered the three applications previously for Saffron Warden, we considered them in the same meeting. We actually had an extraordinary meeting for those Saffron Warden meetings in 2014. And back to your white-ditch lane, it's is, is, is a very different level of development, but we had five Reserve Matters applications on the adjacent, one after the other. Obviously, logically, we considered those, they were presented as one, and then the individual votes and in afterwards. So we ask, when that does happen, and a procedural issue, when you're in this position again, you're quite entitled to raise that as an issue if the situation happens to you where you've got two sites that are quite clearly adjacent to each other and quite clearly have linkages. It will be impossible to present one without mentioning the other and I do not want to contain, I think we would be criticised if we didn't do that because while you're discussing one case, you are logically going to mention the other case, or you could, and I do not want members to be constrained in their discussions by talking about one and not being able to mention the other one.
5: Yeah, Mr Chairman, I, I, I fully understand the practicalities of this um, and it seems to be coming down to the fact from um, Ms Smith that because it's a, um, they are being considered at the same time, this is a different case from the other ones. I just want to make and have that final legal confirmation that that in it itself is a material point in the legal process on here. Just for clarification.
4: Elizabeth. It's a procedural rather than a legal issue and there is nothing whatsoever to stop this committee regulating its own procedure.
0: Okay, Ms Shoesmith, when you're ready.
6: Thank you Chairman. The application site is located southeast of Saffron Warden on the edge of the town you can see it's located here in red. The site covers an area of 7.9 hectares of agricultural land. Um, The site sits between um, existing residential development to the north and to the west, Um, the kilns which is located here and the granite um, commercial um, sites which are located down here. We have also the Lord Butler Leisure Centre which is located opposite here, Um, adjacent uh, to the site located here is the adjacent scheme uh, that we have been referring to um, which is the second item on the committee agenda. This plan shows the application site um, in red which forms part of uh, the scheme to be determined today. In blue it shows the applicant's land ownership which had previously formed part of the 2013 application. The application before us is for outline planning permission for the erection of up to 150 dwellings with all matters reserved except access. This is an indicative master plan of uh, the proposed scheme showing how the development could be laid out. As stated, the access is a fixed um, point which forms part of the application, which is proposed here on Thaxted Road. What's proposed as part of the scheme, that it will be a signalised controlled junction um, to to control the traffic at both entering and leaving the site. Uh, There will be another plan, which I'll show you shortly, which will show that in a bit more detail. The plan shows, um, indicatively, the landscaping that would be retained uh, along fundamentally um, the existing uh, landscaping which forms the perimeter of the site. Also together with this um, it's proposed that open spaces, um, areas of um, equipped play and um, local areas of play are also proposed as part of uh, the application as well as sustainable drainage features which you can see along here here and here. As I said, this is an indicative plan of how the scheme could be laid out. As part of the application, the scheme proposes 40% affordable housing. This this is proposed together with 5% bungalows. There will be green corridors together with public footpaths and cycle paths through the site, Um, in addition to the retained public footpaths that exist at the moment, together with the bridleway. Um, that goes through the site to the north and you've got the public footpaths along the perimeter of the site here. This is the uh, plan which shows what is proposed in terms of the signalised junction with Thaxted Road um, that would lead into the site. Um, as stated, this is a um, signalised junction. It would also propose pedestrian footpaths that would link up uh, with the existing footpaths that run along Faxted uh, Road at present as well. The committee report highlights the history of the site in terms of the previously refused application for 300 dwellings and a breakdown of the appeal inspector's findings on page 22 and 24 of the report. Also within the report, consultation responses are highlighted on pages 27 to 39. It has been concluded within the assessment of the scheme that uh, there is a five-year land supply shortage. The application site is an allocated site within the Regulation 19 Draft Local Plan as defined by Draft Policy SAF 1 as referred to on pages 42 to 43 of the report. Therefore, it forms part of the five-year land supply, um, which is uh, part of the proposed allocation site. Therefore, this is a material uh, consideration and carries some weight. The application site is economically, socially and environmentally sustainable, as lo- outlined uh, within the MPPS. The loss of the agricultural land has been discussed in detail within the report, including the findings of the inspector's um, decision, and it has been concluded that with regards to the current application, the sustainability of the development outweighs the harm um, in terms of the loss of the agricultural land. Whilst design is a reserved matter, the scheme would not be out of keeping with its surroundings based on its siting. With dwellings ranging between, um, its proposed dwellings will be range between two and two and a half storeys in height. Um, these are proposed parameters for the scheme. Again, this is subject to reserve matters should the application be approved. The site is capable of meeting Essex, de- Essex design guidance in terms of garden sizes, back to back distances, and car parking standards, as discussed within the report. In terms of air quality, an air quality assessment has been submitted as part of the application and has been robustly assessed by independent consultants. It should be noted that further modelling has been undertaken based on 2017 data. The data which has been discussed within the report is 2016, which which is more conservative data, uh, where there has been an abnormal spike in the information as well. It highlights, um, based on the further modelling that's been carried out, that both sites are acceptable in isolation in terms of the impact upon air quality. It has been concluded um, that that both sites, in conjunction, would be acceptable, subject to the delivery of the spine road, which would provide um, AQMA benefits in accordance with policy. In terms of highway impact, again, the development was robustly assessed, both in isolation and in conjunction with the neighbouring site by independent consultants. Members' attention is also drawn to paragraph 11.8 of the report, which highlights the need for the creation of the Spine Road, which would facilitate the dispersal of vehicle movements, both uh, the proposed schemes and for the adjacent Manor Oak site, uh, which Linden Homes are currently constructing at the moment. This would alleviate the appeal inspector's misgivings in terms of its delivery of the spine road, which has resulted in the previous application being refused. This has been discussed in great detail within the report itself. The highways consultant has concluded that the scheme on its own would not have a severe impact upon the highway network, which is uh, the measuring stick in terms of policy. However, highways have urged that both schemes are approved and de- delivery of the Spine Road is secured. The proposed mitigation for the development is highlighted in Section I of the report in terms of both open space provision, community and sports facilities, highways, affordable housing, education, health, travel plans, which would be secured via a Section 106 obligations should planning permission be granted. The report also highlights that there are no flood risk, landscape or ecology issues which arise from the development. The proposed scheme as a whole is in accordance with policy. It is therefore recommended that the development is approved subject to the conditions set out within the report. The section 106 obligation highlighted on page 67 to 74 and the joint approval of the adjacent scheme uh, of the Engelman site, uh, UTT 17 slash 2832
0: OP. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. And we're going to move straight on to your second presentation now. Uh, For the sake of this meeting, uh, members, what we'll do is we'll refer to them as the Kia site and the Engelman site, just to clarify it. Okay? Just so that we're not doing it by site and UTT number and we know what we're talking about. Okay? When you're ready, Mrs. Shoesmith.
7: Thank you, Chairman.
6: The application site is located to the west of Shirehill Industrial State. So the industrial estate <coughs> is located here. And the application site is outlined in red. There is the Linden Homes Manor Oak site, which is currently under construction, which is located here. And um, the site itself is proposed to be an extension of this, with access taken from Radwinter Road and Shire Hill Industrial Estate. The application site covers an area of just over seven hectares. The application's for outline planning permission for up to 100 dwellings, with the provision of 0.9 hectares of land um, towards uh, the providing a two-form entry school, of which previously a single-form entry school was approved as part of the adjacent site to the north. All matters are reserved as part of the application except access which is as stated to be taken from the Linden Home site. Also as part of the application, 40% affordable housing is also proposed. This slide shows the approved outline permission which was granted on the Linden Homes Manor Oak site to the north. This gives an um, illustration of the housing that's currently under construction at the moment. So far, uh, it's up to this level here, where this part of the site has been developed. This illustrates also the housing in context with the a road, main route road, which is going through the site, the Shire Hill access here, and the proposed um, primary school, which is located here. It shows also the additional 0.9 hectares extension, which is now proposed as part of this application. So this application site covers this area along this part of the site, linking up, carrying through up to here. So the landscape forms the natural boundary of the application site itself. As you can see from the plan, this also shows the adjacent care uh, site, which is located here This slide shows an illustrative plan of the proposed land use um, and how the site can be laid out with residential proposed in brown here, the school extension land here, the existing school land which forms part of the uh, the approved scheme to the north and landscaping in green showing pockets of open space as well. This shows an illustrative master plan again of what the scheme could look like in terms of its layout. Um, the site in itself, um, as I said, is take a, it goes through from um, Shire Hill Industrial Estate and um, links into the site. It shows permeability from the adjacent site here. Pedestrian access will be retained along the perimeters of the site, um, the bridleway which uh, runs along to the southern boundary. The committee report itself again highlights the history of the site on pages 80 to 84. The report also highlights uh, responses which have been received on page 85 to to 97. Again, it has been concluded that there is a shortage of a five-year land supply The application site itself is not an allocated site which features within the draft local plan. The loss of agricultural land has been discussed in detail within the application. Again, in terms of the sustainability of the site, this outweighs the harm uh, that would result from the loss of the land. Whilst design, again, is a reserve matter, again, it's not considered to be out of keeping based on the siting of the scheme. Again, these dwellings which are proposed would um, be up to two storeys in height itself. In terms of density, the site would be, have a gross density of approximately 14.2 dwellings per hectare. Again, um, it's, the sites capable of meeting Essex design guides, gardens, sizes, back-to-back distances and car parking standards. Similarly to the other site, um, an air quality assessment has been submitted and again robustly assessed by independent consultants. Again, further modelling has um, occurred with this site again based on 2017 data, again highlighting that this site in isolation is acceptable. However, concluded that both sites in conjunction are only acceptable with the delivery of the spine road, which would lead to the AQMA benefits in accordance with policy. In highway terms, again, highway assessment has been undertaken and independently considered. Um, The scheme in itself would not have a severe impact upon the highway network. Highways have urged also that the schemes are both approved and the delivery of the spine road is secured. The proposed mitigation is highlighted, again, within the reports in terms of um, open space, again, community sports facilities, highways, affordable housing, education, health, travel plans, again, proposed to be secured via Section 106 obligation should planning permission be granted. No other issues have arisen from uh, from the assessment of the scheme in terms of landscaping, ecology or flood risks. Again, the scheme is therefore recommended for approval subject to the conditions outlined within the report and the section 106 obligations highlighted on page 121 to 129 and joint approval of the adjacent scheme of the care site. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mrs Shoesmith. Okay, we have a number of speakers on these events, so I'm going to start with Councillor Barbara Light. Councillor, technically, you'd have five minutes on each of the applications, so you have up to 10 minutes, but I know you won't be that long. Thank you very much.
7: Thank you. I was going to request that. Thank you, Chair. Okay, Mr Chair, members of the committee, I'm speaking on behalf of the residents and the Town Council of Suffern-Walden and intend to raise two issues on the lack of contributions for sports and recreation in these applications. But before I do so, I must respond to the statements made by Councillor Rolf in today's local newspaper which are related to Section 106 and to these two applications being considered today. Firstly, Debden Road traffic lights are not an important safety feature and the Mount Pleasant-Peacemans Road Borough Lane parking restrictions have not led to the easing of traffic congestion nor to improved air quality nor to the quality of life for local residents. These improvements were, of course, instituted with the sole purpose of enabling yet more traffic to pour onto these residential roads from the proposed Keir and Engelman sites before you today. Secondly, joining these two applications to get enough one, Section 106 to build a link road to nowhere in the pretense that this would solve current traffic congestion is highly flawed. And let's not even mention preemptive agreements. However, Let me now turn to sports and recreation. As you know, the UDC 2014 Open Spaces Strategy Report identified a huge lack of open space, a lack of community facilities and of sports provision, particularly in Suffram Walden where land is at a premium. The situation has got much worse since then with ongoing development that are not matched by facilities. We need more community halls. We have hardly any accessible open space other than the Common and Bridge End Gardens, and most Saffron Walden sports clubs are forced to use facilities in neighbouring villages because of the lack of space in town. Both officer reports for these two applications imply that the lack of a current sports strategy means the district cannot assess sporting need. That has not stopped this committee requiring proper provision for community facilities previously. The second issue is on the subject of specific contributions towards recreation. Both officer reports state that it would be sensible for some form of contribution to be provided towards recreation, subject to the need being demonstrated by the Town Council and the amount to be agreed. The Neighbourhood Plan Coordinator, from Saffron Walden, has sent UDC the findings of a survey which clearly demonstrate a need for more recreational facilities, and the 2014 Open Spaces document shows a clear need. There has also been considerable correspondence between the town clerk and the UDC planning department on this matter, in which the town clerk has demonstrated need and also stated the amount required by their adopted policies. It is therefore inaccurate to suggest that the town council has failed to demonstrate need or to communicate properly. There is a clear need, and the more developments that are added to Saffron Walden, the more need there is. A need, and the, sorry, the 2014 open spaces document provided a clear basis for assessing contributions, which the town council has formally adopted. UDC officers managed to agree sports contributions on other developments and I really cannot understand why they are now raising objections. Kier has even told the town council that it is happy to make a contribution and I urge you to insist on one. In light of these issues I would ask the committee to reject the applications from Kier and Engelman and certainly until UDC has quantified the contributions to be sought for community facilities and the Town Council has certainty that the Section 106 monies will be freely available to it and not limited by clauses that release the developer from its obligations. I believe that the Committee cannot approve these applications now because they do not contain enough information on the Section 106 contributions towards sports and recreation. Furthermore, I would ask you, Mr Chair, members of the Committee, please stop trashing Saffron Warden. Stop allowing houses to be built using flawed and invented data and always building in the wrong places with no supporting infrastructure and insufficient evidence. Thank you.
0: Uh, thank you, Councillor Light. Um, I'll take Councillor Gerard. And just to emphasise, you're speaking in lieu of Councillor Hargreaves. Same rules apply. Thank you.
8: When you're ready, Anthony. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, <clears throat> uh, for the benefit of the audio recording and members of the public, my name is Anthony Gerard. I'm a district councillor and a parish councillor for Newport. Um, councillor Hargreaves was, bu- was supposed to sp- speak here, but um, this actually is, in effect, our joint statement and it applies to both 0824 and 2832. Um, I hope members of the committee um, has, have received the, uh, and read the email attachments that Councillor Hargreaves sent to them on Sunday. Uh, they include three unpublished air quality studies for which officers have supplied you with their summary but not the originals. Um, Councillor Hargreaves and I had no intention to comment here today on these applications, but um, as a result of our work in Newport, uh, we do have a good understanding on air quality and traffic assessments, and Newport Parish Council does employ the same air quality consultant as Uttlesford District Council. These applications look seriously odd to us. We heard at the last full council during the debate on air quality that individual pollution assessments for them are so bad as to completely rule them out. So the question is, what has suddenly changed? The answer is that for the review of the Link Road proposal, the air quality assessments are based on traffic data solely provided by KIA. The UDC consultant has had to use the traffic diversion assumptions supplied by the applicants. These are not assumptions from someone independent, such as Essex Highways. This data relating to the likely effects of the link road has not been independently assessed and produces improbable results. Having investigated the detail of other traffic assessments for Newport, we have witnessed how easy it is to fudge them. And the detail in the documents you were not supplied with says the percentage of driver behavioural change was based on someone's opinion. Now, moving on to the raw pollution data, the report has had to use the 2017 air pollution figures, which are those subject to less accurate national validation. This is because of the failure of UDC local validation equipment, the matter which full council voted on earlier this month to have corrected. And the air quality report comes with caveats. It says, because of the degree of uncertainty associated with the modelling, it recommends that the planning decision here today considers four material issues. Number one, the need to deliver further mitigation measures to reduce any possible residual cumulative impacts within the AQMA, specifically at Canyon Street locations, which is pretty much the entire of Saffron Walden. Number two, in addition to the link road proposed, it's recommended a low emission strategy is required to be implemented by both developments to further reduce the impacts of the proposals on local air quality, particularly at hotspot locations. Now, this strategy must address ways to reduce traffic emissions through a pack of selected measures with clear quantification of the annual NOx emission reductions to be achieved for each measure considered. The benefits on local air quality must be tangible and achieve significant improvements on hotspot locations within the Saffron-Walden AQMA. This could include Section 106 contributions to highways and transport to reduce congestion through traffic management interventions. Issue number three, the rerouting of heavy goods vehicles and traffic from the proposed mitigation road to sensitive areas within the AQMA is not advisable. It's recommended that HGV traffic is not restricted in the proposed link. So, to make this work, HGVs need to go through the estates. Point number four, mitigation measures with clear quantification of emission reductions to be achieved. These applications do not provide, and indeed probably cannot provide, these further mitigation measures. Now, we have assumed from a high percentage of altered vehicle paths shown in the documents that the link road was a proper bypass around the south of Saffron Walden. And if you visualize a big sweep of road with roundabouts and and a generous safe layout, it turns out to be nothing of the sort and appears to be some sort of zigzag rat run through two housing estates with simple T junctions and not connecting round to the west of the town at all. It would go past many houses in both sites, fronting directly onto it, and even in front of the intended site of a primary school. You may wish to consider whether it's compliant with environmental and sustainability policies, and, to quote our Chairman, common sense to deliberately suck a high volume of traffic including HGVs, through two new housing estates and passed a school. Essex Highways don't think so, and have said so twice. And neither did the Local Plan Inspector in 2013. And neither does the Essex Design Guide, which is the preeminent rulebook for good practice throughout the country. All say that the proposed internal cheap and nasty connecting up of estate roads is not acceptable in principle. And Essex say that not being a proper proper full specification bypass it would not generate a huge change in behavior claimed by the applicant, which is the key to getting around the otherwise illegal air quality. Indeed to prioritize pedestrian and cycle traffic as required by Gen 1 and the NPPF and the Essex design guide it would require traffic calming measures. Slower speeds make vehicle pollution worse, as noted in the air quality assessment. But this is not drawn to your attention in the officer's report. Now, we're told that UDC's own assessment confirms that the KIA traffic diversion figures produce wholly unlikely results, and you may wish to question officers in this regard. It should also have been drawn to your attention that the Essex document says that by 2031, even with a link road, 8 out of 11 key junctions in Walden will fail to operate properly at peak times. And we are all aware that the previous care application was rejected by this planning committee in 2014 and by the Government Inspector on appeal, particularly because of highway impacts. These two combined applications are similar in size to what was rejected, so hardly a wow on traffic queues. These applications have irreconcilable contradictions. They claim a high volume of traffic, including HGVs, will be diverted through the estates to get the applications around the figures on traffic congestion and air pollution, but at the same time, this high volume of traffic would breach the Essex design guide and common sense and so somehow must not be a high volume of traffic. It can't be both, and maybe officers should be asked if they can reconcile these two opposing factors. What is most surprising is that the Essex Highway's response to the link road, which is a refusal, seems to have been totally ignored. So in conclusion, Mr Chairman, the air quality results are dependent upon monitoring we have just agreed is substandard at Council two weeks ago, a massive traffic rerouting which looks implausible and which has not been independently verified, a non-compliant botch-up of roads which highways say will not achieve the objective, and recommendations for further significant measures which are not included in the application. Both of these applications are therefore contrary to all five paragraphs of Gen 1 and ENV 13 and the Essex Design Guide, which was held in an appeal in Newport as being a material consideration and is additionally specifically adopted in the Emerging Local Plan. Finally, both applications are also contrary to the NPPF. Thank you. Thank you
0: uh, Councillor Gerard. I'll take Paul Gadd uh,
9: Mr Gadd you have six minutes. Thank you Mr Chairman I hope I won't use them. Thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about traffic as well. Um, the additional traffic generated by these developments makes them unsustainable from an economic perspective. This is one of the main reasons why the last Keir application was rejected by the government inspector on appeal four years ago. That application was for 300 homes, the two currently combined are for 250 new homes, so essentially the same. ECC highways also raised no objection on highway grounds to the first Keir application and they have not done so now. They however look only at the question of road capacity, they don't look at the economic effect of ever increasing congestion. But that, for you, is a vital planning consideration. The inspector, anyway, disagreed with ECC Highways on highway's capacity and also found the economic disbenefits of ever increasing congestion to be a major reason for refusal, which is also available to you today. The length of the clear appeal, about two weeks, meant that the inspector was in Saffron Walden for that time And he therefore experienced Saffron Warden's traffic congestion at first hand, rather than having to rely on developer assessments. You will know, although it bears repeating, that almost all main road junctions in Saffron Warden are over or forecast to be over capacity, even with no further development. Many are incapable of improvement. Some could be reconfigured, but only by creating more one-way roads and routing more traffic through the town centre both effects are economically unsustainable. To quote the appeal inspector, first he said, the proposed Keir development would have a materially adverse effect on the efficient operation of the local highway network. In that regard, it would conflict with the aims of LP policy Gen 1, which, amongst other things, seeks to ensure that traffic generated by development is capable of being accommodated by the surrounding highway network. And he overruled Essex Highways on that. The planning officer, in her introduction, claims that these, these proposals are, amongst other things, economically sustainable. The appeal inspector found exactly the opposite. Notably, this finding is omitted from the officer's report to you. He said... The conclusion on the effects of the proposals on the efficient operation of the local highway network is a significant negative factor with adverse economic effects through congestion and delays. The transport assessments show that, with or without a substantial spine road, the proposals will, regardless, still increase congestion and increase traffic delays. They are therefore, as the appeal inspector says, economically unsustainable. So, the inspector found that despite the Essex Highway advice, the extra traffic could not be accommodated. However, separate from that, and regardless of what you decide on that, he also found that even if it could be accommodated, the additional congestion meant that the developments were economically unsustainable and were rejected. The current developments are essentially the same as the rejected care proposal, and the traffic situation has got considerably worse since the 2014 appeal. More houses have been built... The number of cars has increased, congestion is worse. Every morning and evening there are traffic queues from the High Street back past the Newport Road roundabout and the other way back past the 8 Bells stretching past the golf course, which a substandard Spine Road on the other side of town will do nothing for. There is no conceivable way that even a proper link road from the Thaxted Road to the Radwinter Road could have any effect on Bridge Street or this other side of town. Please reject this application even if the extra cars could somehow be crammed on Saffron Roads, this proposal and its car dependency is unsustainable and in breach of planning policy. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, thank you, Mr Gad. Uh, Matthew North.
10: Thank you, Mr Chairman. Matthew, you also have six minutes. Okay. This application reminds me of Brexit In spite of incontrovertible evidence that the impacts will be overwhelmingly negative, sorry? Could you, could you, could you not interrupt? Thank you. Can can you?
0: you? Okay, that's fine. sorry. uh, Let's start again. Okay. Can you start my time again? You have six six minutes, starting now.
10: This application reminds me of Brexit. In spite of incontrovertible evidence that the impacts will be overwhelmingly negative, for a small group of people, it must go through, whatever the consequences. You see, a small group of people decided six or seven years ago where they wanted houses, including this site on the east of Saffron Walden. They made this decision before any of these studies had been done. Evidence has since mounted up that their approach was wrong on air quality and on traffic but still they continue to follow their personal agenda. The lengths that these people would go to, to get their way, is revealed in today's World and Local, which shows the current and former leader of this council conspiring to stooge—sorry, to, conspiring to use a stooge to plant fake news in the press to support this application and try to influence your decision today.
11: Can, I, lingers-
0: just, can I stop you now, please? certain accusations can't be made okay i'm just going to ask elizabeth just to clarify what you can and cannot say and we've paused your time okay? okay elizabeth
4: thank you mr chairman members of the public speaking before this committee should confine themselves to the planning merits of the application and should refrain from discussing the competence qualifications or behaviour of private individuals thank you
10: Okay. Um, I will, do so, I will um, oh, oh, explain the relevance of this in a moment. Which I'm coming to it, it direct, I believe it directly influences this application. The comments, the comments in the newspaper were by the leader of this council and were relating to this application that is here today. So I believe it is directly relevant. What? Sorry, the act. So okay. okay. Okay.
0: And, and obviously those are the comments of the newspaper, right? so it's hearsay to a certain extent. Okay, All right? I can, we will I can take share that, the We'll read the red tops and everything else. So okay. Let's just
10: confide ourselves to the facts. Okay, let's confide ourselves to the facts. Hi, I hope you're well. I'd be grateful if you could write a letter of support of Nick Osborne's comments about the link road this week, along the lines of, and then dictates the letter. The response, Hi Howard, what's the editor's email address? Can you send me Nick's comments? Isn't a link road Essex's Chancellor business? Councillor
1: Fairhurst, excuse me, Mr. Chairman, point of order. We need to, start to stop discussing amongst ourselves. You can have the cho- choice as chairman to decide to hear or not to hear. But I don't think it's reasonable or fair for any of us to choke. We haven't done so before. Can you please ask if we have some sort of discipline in this, in this committee? Uh, I wasn't aware that we'd got undisciplined, but
10: uh, there you go. Okay, Okay. OK. So so here is the correspondence referred to in today's newspaper. Hi, I hope you're well. I would be grateful if you could write a letter of support of Nick Osborne's comments about the link road this week, something along the lines of, and then dictated a letter. The response from the resident was, Hi, Howard. What's the editor's email address? Can you send me Nick's comments? Isn't the link road Essex's business? And yet in today's newspaper, Councillor Rolfe is quoted as saying that the resident concerned was aware of the comment by Nick Osborne and merely wanted to offer his support. This shows the personal agenda that's been trying to push through to get this unsustainable site approved. I wonder then whether this explains why so much of the evidence that you've already heard of the negative impacts of this development on traffic and air quality is missing from the officer's report. For example, the reports on the impact of air quality by AQE Global that conclude that approving this application would mean air quality exceeds legal limits in a number of locations have not been uploaded onto the planning portal. The fact that officers acknowledged on the 10th of December that air quality information in their report was dodgy and agreed to get more time, but here we are today discussing this application... The fact that there are obvious flaws in the traffic analysis and they haven't been picked up. For example, that the Spine Road from this site, um, from the Faxted Road to Radwinter Road, will somehow reduce the number of people using the Church Street and High Street jun- junction. This is clearly nonsense and yet it's been unchallenged. And I ask why. The fact that, as you've already heard, to meet Essex design standards, the so-called link road, or spine road, would need to be traffic calmed and encourage people to use alternative modes of transport. And yet it's also, apparently, miraculously going to attract traffic to divert them from the rest rest of town. Planning Committee, you do not need reminding today that you are acting in a situation of democratic accountability, you are required to address the planning issues before you fairly and on their merits, but I believe your job today has been very, very difficult due to this political interference and a biased and selective reporting of the facts. I urge you to rise above this and reject the application today on the basis of the negative merits on Saffron Walden, on air quality, on traffic congestion and on failure to meet Essex design standards, contravening the requirement for sustainable development. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Okay, just for the purposes of this, I'm going to ask the committee to disregard everything related to the newspapers and general information. The facts are the facts, everything else is hearsay. Okay? And at this stage, I'm going to ask Councillor Rolfe to speak. Can I
3: just say something before and Mr Brown's going to clarify one point. Can I just say something? I think, um, the Speaker has the absolute right to his view but he has absolutely no right to infer that a politician would influence a professional officer's report. That is certainly not the case. The professional officer has a moral duty, as does other advisers of the council, as well as the county council. They are professional officers, and to infer political inference is unacceptable. Mr.
12: Chairman, can I just also say, I, as a councillor, will always make my mind up on the planning application solely and what's written down not what other people say.
0: Thank you. Okay, thank you Councillor Lemon. Councillor Rolfe, you have 10 minutes. Uh,
13: Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I speak here as an individual. Um, The uh, potential link road uh, could have an impact on my ward members. Uh, I'm glad uh, your comments about the previous speaker. Uh, I don't want to go into that. Uh, I think they were irrelevant and frankly slightly hysterical. Um, And the whole notion of uh, politicising planning is certainly something that we would fully oppose and I hope all parties would think similarly. Uh, Perhaps if I could start, Chairman, by just putting this into context. We have an emerging local plan uh, for 14,000 houses, uh, some of which have been built already. And of the further numbers, um, about 260 are allocated for Saffron Walden. Uh, of that number 150 are the key application that you've heard today. So I think in the context of the size of Saffron Walden compared to um, what we need to do across the whole of Uttlesford, this is a particularly small percentage, one of the smallest. I'm very conscious that Saffron Walden already had houses, but then so to be fair have Elsternham, Newport, uh, um, Stansted and, and so on. So the key point um, uh, Mr Chairman is, as already indicated, that the Kear site is in the plan and as previously noted it is, uh, it is half the size that was uh, rejected by the inspector, so a materially different uh, application. The second application for up to 100 homes uh, would enable a road, not I uh, would suggest a botch, as suggested, from Thaxted to Radwinter. Uh, roads Um, and I draw the committee's attention to uh, section 9.16.1 which clarifies the position on highways and the support that Essex highways have for this road. And I'm gratified to think that uh, in the press that I can I- I- impact on everybody, the planning committee, Essex County Council, it was endless, the, the people, but uh, are rather the same as uh, Councillor Lemon has suggested, uh, he and the rest of this committee are uninfluenceable as are Essex highways. They will make up their own minds based on the evidence. So. Um, it, 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 it it's a it's a it's a link it's an important link road uh that would not only uh reduce uh, the issue uh, at um the traffic uh, the taxied th- Rawin to road traffic lights, but it would also prevent traffic going through Shah hill and there 's an increasing evidence that this is a, is a big problem and as um, Lyndon Holmes builds out, it will become an even bigger problem i think we 're all very aware of the parking and, and, and through traffic at Shah Hill, so a very important aspect but it 's not just that uh, uh, um, chairman. It's also the fact that it facilitates a two-form entry school. Not required immediately, that's fair comment, but we're always accused of not planning ahead for educational provision. Here is an opportunity to have a two-form entry school ready for when it is required. The uh, further benefit of course is the other 106 uh, community benefits and I'm very supportive of Councillor Light's point about provision of sport and recreation. I think we we all share that ambition as we know there is a cross-party group uh, led by um, uh, uh, the um, Derek Jones, not the Councillor Jones, uh, and uh, we, we, we will continue to improve the uh, sporting facilities in saffron Walden and obviously use um, develop a contribution where we can. But with respect, that is not a refu- reason to refuse this application. Uh, there, there, there are indeed uh, other benefits. We uh, refer, referred to both um, applications, 40% affordable housing. We still have 1,000 people on our waiting list. Many of those are in Saffron Walden. So affordable housing is a, is a key issue. So then we come on to air quality. And um, I think it's very important that we distinguish between the individual reports for uh, each of the applications, which in themselves are important and suggest that there isn't a problem, to the cumulative impact uh, that includes uh, the link road. And uh, I draw your attention that uh, Air Quality Experts Global Limited, um, Experts is in their title, but it's interesting that they are experts. And, probably like the rest of councillors who uh, are not as expert, Uh, they they were commissioned by Uttelford District Council to undertake an air quality assessment of the cumulative impacts of the proposed developments, the two developments, I won't read them out, Um, and and their conclusion which again is in your report at uh, Para 9.17.20 is that uh, the cumulative effect of the link road uh, does not damage air quality, potentially it might slightly improve it. So I think uh, this is an extremely important point. So in summary, uh, Chairman, if I may, uh, I believe this is a positive application that could have benefit, not just for my ward members, but for the people of Saffron Walden as well. It will reduce congestion at, whether it's the worst uh, spot in Saffron Walden, frankly, is immaterial, but the traffic, in fact, I I remember at a previous campaign, pictures were taken at those traffic lights uh, in distinguishing it as an area of congestion. It is an area of congestion, Uh, so we reduce that. We gain a two-form entry school, Chairman. Uh, We we, we stop the traffic if we want to completely, we could restrict it to emergency vehicles, pedestrians and cycle paths through Shire Hill. There is community benefit, which the committee may want to decide how that community benefit is is, is delivered, on on what, and and we deliver much needed affordable homes. Uh, I think in the colloquial this is a win-win-win with very limited adverse impact. I thank you Chairman and committee for your consideration.
0: Uh, Thank you, Councillor Rolfe. Um, Dan Starr? Mr Starr, you have uh, three and three, six minutes. Uh,
14: Thank you. I won't need six. Uh, Thank you, Chair and committee members. Um, You faced some difficult decisions today. Uh, You turned down Kira in 2014 for sound reasons that were also backed uh, by the Planning Inspector on Appeal, which uh, someone mentioned earlier. The reasons for the previous rejection still stand. In fact, they're far, far worse. Since 2014, nearly 600 more houses have been approved for the inaccessible east of Saffron Walden, putting many more cars into the crosstown traffic and pollution mix. It's not really about spine roads and link roads, it's about getting cars east-west across the town. Uh, Councillor Rolfe just mentioned improvements that traffic lights have put in. Actually, uh, regularly there are at least three or four hundred yards of traffic backed up those lights. Yesterday evening it was way past South Road and onto Peaslands Road. And actually as I walked into the council offices today, there was another example of east-west traffic problems. The cars getting down the high street were backed up right past this office. So east-west traffic is the real problem, not moving the debt chairs around on the east, which this uh, link road proposes to do. Um, There has been uh, quite a bit of misinformation or or lack of understanding around these applications spread around in various places, Um, so I wanted to just uh, clear some of those things up and correct some of those things. People are getting stuck around the wheel about what's a link road, what's a spine road, what's a connector road, and people are getting confused. Um, One of the things that has been said is that these applications are needed to provide money for a road uh, to bypass the Thaxted Road lights. Uh, this is untrue. The road was already approved, and those of you on the site visit this morning, I believe, drove down that road. Uh, that uh, bypasses the Thaxted Road lights. It's already paid for. It goes between uh, Thaxted Road and Radwinter Road via Shy Hill. Uh, even though it's not officially open yet, people do use it because it is connected both ways. Uh, It has been claimed that these applications are needed to build the much-talked-about Eastern Link Road, which has been talked about for uh, five or six years. Um, Now it's been referred to as a spine road today. Uh, This actually isn't a link road. Um, The road in this application is no more than an estate road. It is not a link road. In fact, the Essex design guides say that uh, a state road shouldn't connect the states together to allow rat runs. Um, They should be more like clover leaves. Uh, Essex Highway said it cannot be a link road as it doesn't have the capacity. It's too twisty. It's got a number of junctions in it. It goes right through the housing estate past the school, which their design guides don't allow. Um, They uh, did have, in the 2014 local plan, A link road that approximately entered Radwinter Road, where this one does, and entered Thaxted Road, where this one does, but it went a straight and direct route right over that farmhouse you see right in that picture there, without corners, without twists, and it was a big, fat, white road on which HGVs could pass. Uh, During the site visit this morning, you will have seen the stub of where that link road is intended to go up past where the school is. You can see it's not wide enough for two HGVs to pass. If you pass, it will push HGVs down a residential road, uh, passing on pavements potentially, particularly over the number of junctions that are proposed in these schemes, past people's front doors, and past the primary school drop-off zone. Saffron Walden needs a proper east-west relief road outside of town as recommended by Essex County Council, not this dangerous estate road. UDC has already earned more than £8 million in new homes bonus intended to be used for paying for infrastructure. They could have paid for an east-west bypass by now. That £8 million is from the houses in Saffron Walden alone uh, since 2011. It's been claimed that without these applications, Shire Hill would become clogged up. Uh, That's a red herring. Unlike the estate road, this is a business estate designed with wide roads and a wide entrance and broad corners. It just needs traffic enforcement. The businesses have off-street parking there. It's a much wider road than this estate road. Uh, And actually, um, that connection between Shire Hill and Radwinter Road was approved in 2014, and it wasn't conditional on any of these applications you see before you. It stands alone as a road that does its job. It's been said that these uh, applications will fix pollution, but UDC's own air quality study shows that it actually creates 12 more unsafe illegal pollution hotspots. You haven't been given that report, all you have is an interpretation that magically says it will all be okay. That isn't really credible. How can it be with over a thousand more cars, in fact 1,300 according to the Essex uh, number of cars per house guide, that will move from the east of town to the west of town since Keir was last rejected. 1,300 more cars, how can that remove all all of the pollution hotspots when it's just a road that goes from the east to the the east? It's been claimed by some that a new primary school will not be built without these homes. That's also untrue. That was already granted in 2014. Uh, The second application you have today does include an additional land grant to expand that school, although it's worth noting that may not be needed as Essex County Council has revised down their pupil numbers in the future due to a population decline. Um, given the prominence of these applications, one can only guess uh, at the uh, amount of noise and surrounding pressure in turn at UDC uh, to get these recommended and approved. That, would make you, that makes your job around the table here particularly difficult. Um, what's interesting is none of the discussion is around houses. It's around the infrastructure and the impact, uh, particularly around moving cars east-west through Saffron Walden. I'd ask, all I'd ask you this afternoon is you keep an open mind, you really probe and ask the evidence put in front of you and ask lots of questions, because it's a difficult decision you will reach, uh, and I know there is pressure to get these approved as they are uh, draft local plan sites, but actually the scheme with this link road uh, it would be very poor for the town. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you Mr Starr. Um I'll take uh, Keith Eden, please. Keith, you, you also have six minutes.
15: But there we are. Um How's that? Um, Yes, I speak uh, on behalf of the Town Council, who have expressed reservations. Um, I'm in an unusual position, because uh, I've sat on the Town Council for 12 years, longer than anybody else in the room, and I did sit up there for eight years, so I've got some idea what goes on. Um, I I want to use the officer's document to to draw my points out, Um, and the first one is page 21. They're not paginated, but it's the 21st page. It's item 11.1. This is the reference to two plans, uh, and I think we should be talking about four plans, in that um, the 2005 plan is still our plan, uh, although we can all agree it's, it's seriously out of date, but it's a start point. Um, The 2014 plan is not unreasonably not talked about, but it's a reality. It happened and it failed. And it failed largely because of this continuing problem of how you manage the development of Saffron water, which has not been satisfactorily addressed. Now, we have a 2019 plan. Um, That is rather gently brushed away by the officer, but I would think that's not quite right, because we've spent more than three years in robust public debate developing the plan. We've spent many hundreds of thousands, if not more, in getting expert advice for that plan. Um, and we've um, uh, gone through the consultation process such that we're almost at the point of getting that plan, this plan approved. And indeed, um, this has already been referred to by uh, Councillor Rolf, this, the care development is actually part of that. Um, it strikes me that, that this is the key to the issue. What the plan has to do is resolve this. And what we're doing is this is the wrong way around because the number of the problem is really simple. If you look at um, policy TA4, which is an emerging draft policy referred to in 1169, it's about the relationship between the district council and the county council. And let's be clear, as county council has said for a decade or more, it will not spend council tax money building roads up here. Um, And there are no plans for it to do so. The difficulty is then, well, what do you do about that? And Essex would say, well, don't build so many houses. So we are left with this conundrum of trying to build houses um, without adequate funds for infrastructure. And I think what we should be talking about is if there is a windfall, if there is infrastructure money available, we should find out how much it is and talk about how we address this issue in the plan. And then you could include both these applications and the benefits that they bring uh, and account for the disbenefits they bring, because clearly the road solution isn't satisfactory, it still needs to be resolved, and what we would be in danger of doing is agreeing, getting a 2019 plan agreed next year, and we will be no further forward. This will still be technically using the phrase, the buggers model. Um, Now, the fourth plan I would mention is the neighbourhood plan, and this is... Again, not referred to, but it's clearly much more important to towns like saffron Walden. Uh, it has government support. You are, as a district council, obliged to pay attention to it. It's getting well developed. It'll be finished to be consistent with the 2019 plan. There are some gaps but this is the nub of this issue in Saffron Wald and there is not a logical process to deal with this. And My view is you should not agree these applications, you should say you go back to the 2019 plan, put these two applications and a third one if needs be in there and work out how you can build an effective road system that deals with these, these matters. Um, And that would be, I think, the message that most people in this town would have. It's about the process that we're going through. And if we continue doing what we're doing now, we're no further forward than we were in 2005, and I'll be dead and buried. I'm going to get buried in the town because I'm a former mayor, but I'll be dead and buried before this result. It does not make sense. So I would say to this committee, you should do two things. One, you should reject these applications today, you should pass the message that you want the the corporate plan, uh, uh, the the, uh, uh, local plan re examined, to include whatever funds are tucked away in whatever draws, and to treat this as a total process. And and yes, come back and individually approve them, but unless you get the big picture right, I think this will continue to be a running sore and there will be no support. And the final point I'd make about the neighbourhood plan because we're always granting outline planning permission, we miss the the major problem this town has, is we are not building properties for the people that live here. We want smaller properties, be they flats, be they uh, small houses, be they affordable uh, social housing, we want smaller. And what we can't cope with is the fact that developers work out a commercial plan loaded with four- and five-bedroom houses that nobody in the town can buy, and we encourage the growth in traffic because we suck in those new home buyers who, come, who can afford the 600000 plan plan plus, plus point. So that has to be a factor, because it's a big issue in the neighbourhood plan, it's had lots of discussion, and it will be a big issue amongst people, because everybody in this town knows, if you want to get a job here, you can't have a home, unless you've got you know, an executive position. You know, come here and want to get a job as an assistant manager in a shop, there is nowhere to live. There's no flats to rent, uh, there's no, uh, no uh, small uh, apartments, uh, we have odd policies about p- discouraging, uh, you know, bedsits and so forth. And those are the sort of issues that need to be addressed in your, in your local plan. So I'll leave that message with you. Thank you.
0: <clears throat> Thank you, Mr Eden. Uh, and finally for the
15: speakers, Jim Kettridge.
0: then I'll
16: take the two agents afterwards yes thank you very much you have six chairman. minutes Jim. Chairman I'll, I'll begin by um, saying to the Quincy's there's a lot of inf- disinformation about disinformation misinformation and it is for you today to sort out the, uh, the that that you believe and that that you don't I think most of you know me and that I'm a, a, a lifelong Saffron Walden resident born in Saffron Walden spent a large part of my life, working for the benefit of the town and its residents. In 1966, my wife and I and many other Saffron Walden couples were fortunate enough to acquire a new built home on a Greenfield site off of Peaslands Road. I still live there today. Others were able to do the same off of Thaxted Road. Since that time, many more, many more much-needed homes have been built in Saffron on Greenfield sites. In fact, Councillor Light lives in one. Has quality of life diminished, as some claim? I think not, which is why so many people want to live here. Try telling the residents in these homes today that they should not have been built. I just say that to put things into perspective. I remember only too well the histrionics and disruption that was promoted by a local political group, led by the then Saffron Walden County Councillor, now a member of this planning committee, when the first key air planning application was dealt with, particularly around air pollution. Some of you were probably still on the committee at that time. I was going to make a comment about uh, vehicle emissions and the type of cars that people drive, but I'll I'll leave that for the moment. It, It doesn't need expensive traffic surveys, only common sense to grasp that if you're sitting in a queue of traffic at the Thaxted Road junction with Radwinder Road, that a significant number of cars, possibly even the majority, turn right into Radwinter Road and conversely, if in Radwinter Road, a significant number turn left into Thaxted Road. If this number can be reduced by taking an alternative route from Thaxted Road to Radwinter Road, it not only improves traffic flow, thus reducing journey time, but must clearly improve emissions with fewer (coughs) queuing vehicles. It should also be noted by the planning committee that so called R4U have sought to frustrate practically every initiative proposed in Saffron Walden to improve traffic flow. Essex Highways now acknowledge the benefits of such an alternative route for vehicular traffic and support it, and are saying to you today that you should not approve one of these without the other because the link road is so important. However, I trust that you have all noted because Again, you have to grasp this particular point. I trust you have all noted that air quality was not seen as a problem by the planning inspector at the Peel. In fact, he discounted it. An objector has commented that air pollution was a reason for refusal by the planning inspector. It was not so, And so and so misleading information in that respect is still rife. The loss of the playing fields that were part of the original application is to be mourned especially as R4U have now complained and they have done so here again today that this application doesn't make enough open space provision that makes me so cross because at the appeal R4U activists, one of them on this committee and others sitting behind me uh, actually told the planning inspector that there was no demand and no need for more public open space in Saffron-Walden that's a matter of record it It, it absolutely is Please don't interrupt. It it is. Carry on Mr Kettridge. Thank you. This site will produce 60 homes for families on Uttlesford's waiting list. The majority for rent via a housing association and some shared equity homes, enabling local families to get on the first rung of the housing ladder. Councillor Eden was just talking about homes for local people. Well this home provides This this application provides 60 such homes for local people, either for rent, the majority for rent, some for uh, shared equity, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I believe there are also provision for bungalows for disabled people. Please do not turn your back on young people who need homes in the town of their birth. Mr Chairman, this site forms part of the emerging local plan and should get the support of your committee today. Otherwise, you have to go back and find 250 houses somewhere else. In terms of the Ingleman site, members of the committee have already heard what I've had to say about the benefits of the link road from Thackstead Road to Radwinter Road. However, some members of this committee may be unaware that it was the contention at the previous Keir planning appeal that a link road would never be completed, because the site before you, that is the Ingleman site, would never come forward to complete such a road. They were willfully wrong then and proven wrong today because here is that application. It would be very wrong if this application is refused to cause all traffic from the Linden Homes development to have to use Rabinter Road and the very unsuitable access through Shaw Hill Industrial Estate. Somebody, Mr Starr I think has just referred to that. I suggest members that you try driving through there in the daytime, particularly when when people are going to work or going home, it is a nightmare. It should not be the only access to those sites. The Warden local newspaper uh, quotes uh, town council leader Paul Gadder saying that a link road would make traffic flow worse. Such a contention is absurd and serves only to add to the misleading information that's promulgated from the outset, including the fact that the link road would never come about. He is quoted as saying Essex Highways say the link road shouldn't be built. Again, clearly not so, because your papers um, say the opposite of the papers before you today. I'm really concerned about the process of this application, and will watch carefully how the vote goes, because although I heard... A member said that they had withdrawn from uh, discussing these applications. At a Town Council Planning Committee on the 9th of November, uh, which made a recommendation to the Town Council, full Town Council meeting, sorry, the full Town Council meeting on the 9th of October and the Town Council Planning Committee on the 28th of September, the same councillor heard on the recording to be banging on the table in emphasis, said no, 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 unequivocally no. These councils should read their probity and planning rules in relation to predetermination. Yeah, point of order, Mr Chairman. There's uh,
0: You're wrapping it's, up it's now, it's Mr... It's a matter of record.
16: An, it's audio-minuted, Mr Chairman. Uh,
0: well, in that case, co- it's, it's not been heard by us, so it, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll just take that point noted. Okay, you're wrapping up now, Mr Ketteridge. Yes, I am.
16: Thank this you. application is essential to complete the alternative route from the Thaxted Road to Rabinter Road and the necessary completion of the primary school site. Here also will be another 40 affordable homes, making it 100 homes in total for affordable housing on these two sites for those local people who, the who, who are waiting for homes on the Uttlesford waiting list. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mr Catteridge. Uh, I'm going to take the two agents now, starting with Mr Ian Mitchell for the
1: Clear uh, site. And I'll take Mr Fairhurst first, if you'd like to take a seat. Councillor Fairhurst, I'd like to think that the chairman will make the same admission as they had the last time for this political outburst, which could be unacceptable. Absolutely agree. Okay.
0: When you're ready, Mr. Mitchell, you have um, too long, unfortunately. But I know you won't take that amount of time. (laughs) (coughs) When you're ready.
17: Thank you. Uh, Members of the committee will be aware that the site to which this application relates is allocated for development within the council's Regulation 19 Local Plan under policy. SAF1. That plan has been approved by several Council committees and by full Council. It follows therefore that the site is sustainable and the principle of developing it is supported by the Council. Policy SAF1 sets out a number of site-specific development requirements and we have been careful to ensure that our application meets them all. These are, first, our scheme will provide for 150 dwellings of which 40% will be affordable and older person dwellings will be provided. This will deliver a mixed and balanced community. Second, the development will respect the amenity of the existing residents by providing a green corridor around the periphery of the site, separating it from adjoining residential development. Third, the submitted transport assessment demonstrates that the development will not have an unacceptable impact on the highway network. Essex Highways have advised that. The proposal would not be detrimental to highway safety and capacity, From a highway and transportation perspective, the impact of the proposal is acceptable. Fourth, the submitted air quality assessment demonstrates that the proposed development will not unacceptably impact on the Saffron Walden AQMA. This council appointed Global to review our assessment and Global has confirmed that this is the case. Global have further advised that there would be a betterment to air quality in certain key locations if a link road is provided between Thaxted Road and Radwinter Road. Fifth, in terms of ecology and landscape, there will be no unacceptable impact and no objections have been raised by statutory consultees. Sixth, the application is accompanied by a development framework plan that sets out the broad parameters of the development proposal. Significantly more detail will be provided as part of a reserve matters submission should outline permission be granted. Seventh, we are in the process of producing a section 106 that will contain relevant legal obligations that will protect and enhance residential and community interests. These will include off-site highway works and financial contributions towards education, local health care and community facilities. And finally, our proposals make provision for the deliver- delivery of the southern section of the Thaxted Road, Radwinter Road link and we will be obligated to deliver this through the Section 106. This application, therefore, fully complies with all the requirements in Policy SAF 1 of your Reg 19 plan, which has been through significant consultation and, as mentioned earlier, has been approved by numerous council committees and full council. Despite what you have heard from others today, the application is acceptable in both highway and air quality terms as confirmed by independent consultants appointed by this Council and the County Council. The application is rightly recommended for approval by your officers, and it is respectfully requested that this committee agree with that recommendation. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr Mitchell. Um, um, Paul, are you okay? Sorry, I didn't, you know. Um, Mr James Walthouse, please. 10 minutes?
18: 12. James, you have 12 minutes when you're ready. Thanks. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I, don't think, I think it would be wrong to look at this application as just a housing scheme that helps to alleviate Uttlesford's housing delivery problem and provides 40% affordable housing. Is very much more than that. It's actually a vital and necessary extension to the Linden development that you saw this morning, and it provides important new infrastructure for the town. As the committee report highlights, the uh, Linden scheme... Uh, safeguarded 1.2 hectares for a one-form entry um, school. The problem with one-form entry schools is they don't get built anymore um, in 2018, or 2019 as we're uh, imminently going to be in. Um, Accordingly, our application provides an additional 0.9 hectares which is sufficient to uh, deliver a two-form entry school that would be delivered by the Saffron uh, Academy Trust and I think it's worth highlighting that the, shared, that the, that the um, intended uh, pitches that would serve that school could also be used as shared use uh, pitches for the community which I think might uh, help to address the concerns uh, identified by Councillor uh, Light earlier. Um, it's also the right location for a school um, it's close to obviously new homes but also existing homes that are all within a ten minute, comfortable ten minute walk of, of this school site And it does provide a genuine opportunity to reduce school car commuting, which is the bane of of people's lives up and down the the, the country, through the combination of the strong land use correlation between housing and education and also the green travel plan that would be uh, agreed when the detail of that school uh, was brought before this committee were this application to be granted. It also provides a link road which has been highlighted by a number of speakers uh, previously. It wasn't the original intention of the applicant to provide a link road and I think you can see from the indicative layout up on the screen what our original thinking was. However it became evident as part of this planning application that both uh, Essex County Council Highways and the County Council's air quality expert were both uh, put across compelling reasons why the scheme should be uh, amended and require this link road. It could actually lead to uh, an improvement of the position in the air quality management area, and so it's only right and appropriate um, that the scheme be amended to reflect the, uh, the requirements of officers, and accordingly we very much understand and respect the officers' recommendation um, that both schemes would be required to, in, to enable this link road to be uh, secured and the benefits of that to be brought forward for the town. Uh, speaking as a professional planner I do feel that the report before you is fair and balanced. I'd urge members to support the recommendation. Uh,
0: thank you very much Mr. Waterhouse. That concludes the speakers so I'm going to ask Mr. Brown to uh mop up a few of the statements and points made during the session. Mr Brown. Yeah,
3: it is just a quick mop up. I don't want to keep talking at members because members just want to get on with this uh, rather than just be talked at. Uh, We have two applications, one for 150 and one for 100 houses. That's 250 houses. Now that's what it is. There's been quite a lot of talk about the fact that we need these houses to provide the link road. That's that's the wrong way round. We have a serious five-year land supply issue within this district. Um, Saffron Warden being one of the market towns, one of the two market towns is one of those ones that needs to be taking some of the houses and that is why we have two applications for 150 plus plus 100 houses in this particular site. In order to make the site work better there there is issues about the link road and the last speaker was quite you know put it in the right context in terms of the link road is not the magic bullet it is not the magic bullet that will solve all of Saffron Warden's problems and so one of the speakers I think it was Mr Starr said you need the link road you need these houses to provide the link road No. The houses in their own right are acceptable in planning terms. It's just that in order to make them better in terms of mitigation, the link road sorts that problem out, can help. But there is no question that a link road can contribute to improving the air quality issue within Saffron Warden. But the judgment today is to make sure that it doesn't provide a negative impact on air quality. And that's the main judgment today. The other issues is regarding the primary school. Obviously, the previous application that was approved allowed a one-form of entry primary school and whether or not the, the going in the future you need a t- second form of entry, it is wholly sensible to have a primary school that can be extended to form a two form of entry and so that is a clear gain going forward. There was also reference to the Reg 19 and we should wait for the, Reg, wait for the local plan to come forward and the neighbourhood plan to catch up. That sort of... Um, that's sort of hinting at prematurity. Prematurity doesn't work in planning terms. Unfortunately we do have a local plan process and a neighbourhood plan process over there and we do have a development management process here where we do need to cover applications. Refusing an application because it's premature clearly won't hold any water in terms of the appeal process going forward. Members need to consider the applications today. Um, Members should also be mindful of the Shah Hill situation, we were in this position in 2014 and I've I've checked with Janice and no one in this room was actually on that planning committee on that day but a a decision was made where we had two applications put forward where members refused one and approved the other. And that has created a Shah Hill problem, which is a temporary situation. It was always put forward as a temporary situation. And if we don't make the right decision today, that will become the permanent situation. And I don't think anyone could possibly claim that uh, Shah Hill is the permanent solution to any sort of linkage from one end to the other. Um, That's all I'm going to say at this stage. And I think I'll leave it to members to, well, for the chair to take over and let it roll. Okay.
0: It's over to you now, members, and I'll start with Councillor Lodge. What I'm going to try and do is, if we deal with highways, and then we'll deal with air quality, and I'll try and keep it relevant to the. Yeah, and I hope
5: I can come back. I may want to come back more than once. No, that's fine. I have a a procedural point to uh, to start with, though. Can I just start overall that um, Saffron Walden really does need that link road and. in modern times, I think I was the one who who first proposed a serious link road that went, went not only from the, uh, the Radwinter Road round to the Thaxted Road, leaving at a, a significant distance and to have uh, sufficient capacity but then to carry on through to the uh, um, Debden Road and on onto, onto the Newport Road because that, that is what will solve the problem or would solve the problem initially uh, and for the record, I and my group are very happy to build houses to get that. But uh, I think Councillor Eden probably made one of the most cogent uh, speeches there which said we haven't looked at the strategy of this. We're, 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 we're tinkering at it. So that's a bit of preface and we may come back to that. Now my first point is, is, is procedural um, and whilst I think that... Um, The actions of the leader of this council in um, asking a member to to write a specific letter to the paper is um, deplorable. It's not a a relevant issue for for this committee. It's simply deplorable. It shouldn't happen. It's sort of evidential of how business can be carried on here. But um, I do have the email in front of me, so it's not not anecdotal. And this, this is an email... Which is addressed to to a resident who who the leader was wishing to support uh, this this link road. Um, And interestingly, it's copied to the chairman of the Conservative Party and to former uh, leader Mr. Ketteridge.
0: Can I I stop you there and let Legal come in again? All right? We've already had this once. I I know the point you're trying to make. I agree with some of the content. We, We know it exists. Point taken. Were you ready to move on?
5: Yes. No, no, I, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining about, about right, that he okay. was trying to incite I'm just, a member. I'm worried about the substance, and there's real <laughs> substance here. He says roads are ECC business, and we have negotiated with them. We, the Conservative Party, have negotiated with them it to it include this say, road anyway, look, as I... a consequence. Now, and So my question <laughs> there is, is it appropriate for a leader of this council to be so intimately involved with the setting up of this? And is it not contrary to real rules of process which the leader should abide with? This is a semi a quasi-judicial process. He obviously can come and speak here. He has come and speak, spoken, and we listen carefully to what he's said, I, and we may I have will. some questions. But should, should he be doing this? And I would I, like I, a I'll legal opinion as to whether that is appropriate and whether he has prejudiced by this the work of this committee. That's my, Sorry, that's my question. Has he prejudiced the work of this committee by doing that? Uh, Elizabeth.
4: Essentially, ladies and gentlemen, the position is that the council as a body corporate is separate and distinct from the members from time to time. The body corporate goes on, and it is the body corporate that is the contracting party. It is the body corporate acting by a delegated committee, that is yourselves, who will adjudicate on this application today and the personal opinion of members, whether or not using the correct particle of speech, should not be taken as representing the views of the body corporate. Your decision today should be made on the basis of the evidence you have before you including the responses to questions you may have from the various experts who are here today including a representative from Essex Highways who can assist you on technical matters.
0: Council Lodge.
1: Or Mr Council Chairman, it's a wholly inappropriate response I'm afraid. Um, you see, personal opinion must be separate from a person who holds himself or, him or herself out as representative of a body. We have to look at the situation. If you go to our con- Constitution, we allow for a thing called a Code of Conduct Complaint. That's with bringing this, this council, or any part of that council, this body corporate, as you say, into disrepute. There is an essential understanding among people out there that we all represent the council. So unless you can demonstrate, and I don't think you can, that that person was speaking on his own behalf, and outside of yeah. the chamber, he has or she has actually brought some question, whether it compromised our activity is neither here nor there, but that is not the response that's not an adequate response to the question. I must ask the question to be asked again, please. <coughs> Elizabeth
4: The point remains that the decision is made by the Council as a body corporate, acting by its properly delegated committees and subcommittees. A personal opinion is a personal opinion, and if the wrong speech participle is used accidentally, and sadly it is only too easy for individuals to use the royal we, they are only expressing a personal opinion.
1: By extension, Mr. Chairman, then we've, we've completely walked away from any co- context of co- Code of Conduct complaint. Therefore, we are immune from any action at Code of Conduct or Standards Bureau, because what you said now is anybody can say what they like, they're immune from, from, from any kind of question. I suggest that that is in, inaccurate. I must question the law on that. That's not correct.
4: I consider this debate irrelevant. Essentially, what members need to decide upon today is the application before them on the basis of the evidence before them. That includes the report, the background papers which are available for inspection on the website and the responses to questions of the experts who are present today. Extracurricular remarks in the local press and elsewhere are not to be taken into account in your deliberations today, just the evidence that is properly before you.
7: Thank you. Right, well, we have an application in front of us. We have all the written detail, and the officer has presented it, and I would like to return to it, please. Um, I'd like to return to the air quality issue. There's a lot of information in there, the reviews, the outcomes, the mitigation. Um, could the officer please in layman's terms perhaps give us an overview because it's quite detailed. Thank you.
6: If I can refer to our consultant who will be able to do it a bit better than what I can.
19: (laughs) Good afternoon, I was commissioned to undertake the cumulative assessment of the two planning applications we have before us today. I'll try to use layman terms. I'm happy to clarify further if needed. So the cumulative assessment has un- taken into consideration uh, estimated traffic data using a proposed mitigation measure, the so-called uh, link road. Using those information, those data sets, there are no impacts on sensitive areas within the air quality management area of Saffron Walden. I I don't know if you want any more detail, less detail, but in a nutshell, this is the work undertaken using an advanced dispersion model and using monitoring data to validate the model results. We um, ascertained the Impacts of the cumulative assessment as negligible within the air quality management area.
0: Councillor Lemon, uh, well, I'll let Councillor Wells come back and then I'll take yours. Yes,
7: yeah, sorry. I, is it possible you can show us on an aerial map where the link road is in relation to the sites? Or is that not possible? Would
19: will it be, be possible to show? I can a, show.
6: I can show you this map, which is the um, outline application map for the Linden Home site, which shows all three sites in context within each other. So this is the um, road which was approved as part of the Linden no, Home scheme. Sorry. sorry. So, they
20: can see. Please,
6: please. Okay. so this is the road here that was approved as part of the Linden Home site that goes through the site from Redwinter Road up to the shared boundary with the current Engelman application site for up to 100 houses. That's, that road itself is 6.75 metres in width and has been designed to be capable of taking um, buses along that road itself. So it's the widest and the, the core road that goes through that site. The site uh, the Engelman site here is, as I said, this plot of land that comes here. This line shows an indicative line of how the link road could join the current Lindenholm site through the Engelman Land and to join up with the Keir site, which is located here. As you can appreciate, both the two applications are outline applications, therefore all matters are reserved apart from access points into the site. Details in terms of this link road um, and ensuring that it's it connects from one part of the site to the other part of the site and that it's of um, a particular suitable size to match through uh, with the Linden Home site. That is a reserved matter uh, should the applications be approved. Um, But this shows, as I said, um, how um, the road could join through all three sites in themselves.
12: Councillor Lemon and then Councillor Riles. Thank you, Chair. Just a question for our pollution experts. We hear a lot about pollution and we all realise more cars at the moment mean probably a little more pollution, one way or the other. But do the experts take into account that in the next 30 years, diesel and petrol engines are going to be phased out and we will have cleaner electric cars? I'm always told when you're on a planning committee and looking at plans, you should look ahead. Now, do you take this into account that in 30 years' time, there won't be so many diesel cars and and petrol cars on the road? And what would the result of pollution be then? Thank you.
19: Thank you. Yes, we do. Uh, publishes on a yearly basis um, predictions into the future. So on a year-by-year basis we have declining backgrounds and declining vehicle emissions to account for the fleet penetration of less diesel cars, the less petrol cars and the higher percentage of electric vehicles and other um, combinations could be hybrid um, and, and other cleaner technologies using gas and, and, and so on. So the answer to that is yes
12: just come back. So in 40 years' time, there will be less pollution from diesel cars and petrol cars. I,
19: I would love to think so. We only have data up to uh, 20, uh, 2030, uh, uh, but uh, I'm to expect that.
21: Councillor Riles. Thank you. Well, Councillor Lemon I think it's... Pinched one of the questions I was going to ask anyway, but I think just to reiterate on that, I note that when some of our speakers were coming forward and talking about air quality, they neglected to talk about the fact that electric cars are becoming more prevalent and also the diesels will be phased out by 2040 and also diesel, diesel engines are much more uh, cleaner than they were before. And I note that in this development there are electrical charging points on some of the uh, car ports and uh, the garages etc. So and also there are sorry, charging for the homes and also in, I think in some of the car parking. So I am um, disappointed some of that hasn't come through when we have heard all of these speakers mentioning how you know how doom and gloom everything's going to be, even though we don't know what the future holds. Um, but moving on from that, so I, I'm a bit more relaxed about the um, emissions side of things. Um, but also, uh, can I come back to you, Maria, please? When you, I know we, this is still a reserved matter, but the way that that road sweeps the uh, the, the link road or whatever it comes sweeps it, 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 it sweeps down. It's a particular width, six and a half meters or whatever. It comes across and then it comes down to the top of the Engelman um, sort of development, yeah um, is the likelihood for, we can't see how that meets up with Thaxted Ro- Road but is it likely that that's going to be a sweeping continuous road down to the, um, to, to, to the Thaxted Road
6: Those details we don't have, again it's a reserved <coughs> matter but as part of the reserve matters that will be ensured that it's a suitable road to cater for the schemes in itself and that it's suitable in highway terms
21: Okay, because I think some of, the, um, some of my other colleagues or other councillors mentioned they thought there was an awful lot of T-junctions um, uh, on this road and I, I, I don't think I saw any from what you've just shown me. So, there wasn't I think, I think there's there, one, there are. On the on the there's one on the Keir. That's, that's one of the reasons for me asking this question. Yeah. So. <clears throat> because obviously, if we want to, we can't make it a bypass, but if we want to make it a su- successful link road, we want to take out as many of these T junctions. But this is still a, a work in process, that, that bit, isn't it? So, okay. Um, and finally, just at the moment, all the HGV traffic, the, the existing HG traffic at the moment, I presume, because the, the way it's been phrased by some of the speakers is that um, this is going to increase all the HGV traffic going through this link road. But surely, isn't it coming down Radwinter Road at the moment, bulging up in the centre of town, polluting everywhere down there and then coming back out? Is that where it is at the moment? Is that where the traffic flows, HTV vehicles at the moment?
22: I, I think I think um, yeah. I mean, you're you're correct in what you say. I mean, essentially, um, what we're seeing this road as is, is is another road that's available and open for use by traffic locally. So okay, it's more so about, it's more about dispersal
21: of <coughs> of vehicles away from congested local junctions. That's exactly my point that I wanted to make. So this is not going to increase the, the, the heavy goods vehicles. It's just going to move them in a different way, going through the town, and therefore. I presume um, if you're going through an area which has got less dense housing as you would have in the centre of town it will be less affecting all the pollutants or whatever, will be less of an effect would it not maybe a leading question but I think if there's less houses going out in this link road than there are the, the traffic going through the centre of town certainly yeah the dispersive traffic I think will will it, well, is thinking, we'll yeah. do a bit of mitigation it okay will. that's all like, my question I've asked Councillor
0: Freeman then Councillor Fairhurst then Councillor <coughs>
21: Yes, thank you, Chairman.
2: Um, point of uh, data, really, in the first instance. On page 101 of uh, the report, section 11.2.1, um, it states the emerging draft local plan policy SB2 states development will be distribution primarily to the major towns such as Saffron Walden and then towards key villages. Um, That is incorrect. I hope it's incorrect. Because there are these things called garden settlements, which are supposed to take somewhere in the region of 5,000 up towards Great Chesterford, uh, and uh, 10,000 around Eastern Park. that's what it says here, and it's just incorrect. I I hope it's incorrect, anyway. Uh, What's happened to the garden settlements there? That's a question for you guys to ponder. I don't necessarily need an answer at this point. Um, But I I would... Fundamentally, point out that three new housing estates do not make a link road, and it's fundamentally against common sense policy. Anything you'd like to say, we'll build three housing estates in a straight line, one after another, which is essentially what you have got here. Perhaps we can go back uh, to the map, which shows um, uh, the that's, it. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, you're gonna, you've got one being built out at the moment. We we did a site visit this morning which was surrealist to say the least, we nearly lost one of our members in the balancing pond down the bottom there, um, and we, uh, the Engelman land we didn't really go on to, but we did go and explore the Shire, the Kia land off to the extreme bottom right. Uh, we're building three new estates uh, and it will provide a rat run basically. Uh, for traffic if it cares to go that way and by the way it'll be a rat run for the largest trucks that we're allowed to use if they want to use it and I think that's a fundamentally bad principle you don't build new estates on the basis of alleviating a traffic problem all over the country, Chairman, you will find housing estates uh, which have been sealed off, they've been turned into cul-de-sacs, I can take you to several all over the place. It's not hard to find. Ones that I used to drive through 20 years ago, and now they've been blocked off into hammerheads. Uh, you can walk through them, you can cycle through them, but you cannot drive a vehicle through them. And the reason why is that they're very bad news to the people that live there. And yet here we are, we're going to go and build three. We're building one already, uh, and we're going to build two more. That's what this today is all about, uh, largely. Uh, we're going to solve sort of a traffic problem by building three new estates and a school, uh, and we're going to put the traffic past uh, the houses and past the school. That beggars belief. It makes no sense, especially when you look at what happens in other planning authorities and other highway authorities where they seal off housing estates to stop the permeability of them. And we're actually saying, come along, drive through our estates. So I think that's fundamentally wrong. The other thing which... I'm assuming that these applications may get approved today, and if they do, there are some very important matters that need to be dealt with and kept firmly in mind by the officers and by the members of this committee. One is that housing mix. Every application that we see has an extraordinary number of four- and five-bedroom houses. Okay, this is outlined. I know it's outlined. But when it comes to the substantive application, the detailed, uh, it's often ruled out of court that we're allowed to discuss the number of houses and number of bedrooms. Uh, there's one on my in, in, in my ward which has half of the properties, one in front of us actually I think, uh, are five bedroom, four and five bedroom, astonishing, amazing uh, and has been point, ab, ably pointed out uh, by one of the speakers. Uh, this is not for local people. These are for people who can afford to move here and buy five bedroom houses in sunny Saffron Walden. It's not a benefit to the local community. Okay, that's 40% affordable, but the affordables are very much in inverted commas. Still very hard for anybody to buy these. So we need to be able to consider, and we need that undertaking here. We need to properly consider issues like the number of bedrooms uh, at the Detailed stage, the next stage of these planning applications. I don't think we do that satisfactorily. We let the public down by failing to do it satisfactorily. Now, I'm hoping that this particular chairman will be more accommodating on that matter. When the Linden Homes came before us, I attempted to change the layout because having a, um, a spine road that goes straight past the school was a very dumb thing to do, in my view. Uh, and it was, well, no, no, we're not here to talk about that. In fact, we didn't seem to be here to talk about anything. So I hope that when it comes to substantive, uh, we will deal with this properly. The other thing is concerning air quality. Uh, it's a very complicated matter, as we all know. Uh, I think the analysis, as far as one can tell, has been thorough and accurate. But the point about any science is it's only as good as the data. So I think a very thorough analysis has been carried out using questionable data. And the data is always questionable in these matters. Of course, it varies. You take a reading one day, take it the following day, it's a bit different. Uh, But it's based, the significant part of it seems to be based on the KIA air quality data. And it seems to be a tradition of airs that we accept the applicant's data as being immutable and correct. And the point is, they'll obviously choose the best data sets that they can for their case. They're not truly independent, so it may be a very sound analysis, but it's not on sound data, in my opinion. It's robust, but it's based upon... It's rather like the wonderful house that's built upon foundations of sand, Chairman. It's it's not a good basis upon which to proceed. Uh, There's various other issues on here, but essentially uh, I I would like to say, and hopefully I can come back later on if necessary, but stringing three housing estates together does not solve a traffic problem. And it's a very bad way of doing it. It's an absurd way of doing it, in fact. As um, Councillor Keith Eden, who, by the way, actually I've served for longer on the Town Council than he has, but that's that's an irrelevance to this meeting. Uh, uh, The the matter is to build the roads or construct the roads, or at least work out how you're going to fund the roads and then deal with it. That's not what we're doing here, Chairman. And I think we're approaching this in the wrong way. We should be not building three housing estates to solve
1: Thank you Mr. Chairman, Um, discussing air quality here and I think we're very fortunate to have Anna who's a specialist to to lead us on this and I thank you very much for keeping it simple because it can be quite complicated. Um, But I have a question for you and, and, and it's an interesting one, I hope you can answer me and I need a very simple response. You did say, and these are your words, using those data sets. I know that my background is similar in that sense. When you start by saying using those data sets, it says if I use other data sets, I might come up with a different response. And my question is, I'm going to keep it very simple. Had you used your own data sets, had you used data relating to transport and transport assessment, could you unequivocally state that there's no impact on the environment as you now do state
19: a very interesting question indeed. Unfortunately I don't have personally data for the proposed mitigation road and traffic questions will have to be deferred to the traffic colleagues, I'm afraid.
1: So I understand that but I understand that air quality and traffic are inextricably linked. Absolutely so you really were working In a sort of isolated process, you were talking about the data given to you, and on that basis, you'd have to arrive at your conclusions.
19: That is correct. Right. So uh, models use traffic data. In this instance, the source of emission contributing to ambient air quality comes from traffic emissions. So therefore, I'm given... Uh, AADTs, which is annual average daily traffic flows, speed values, and the composition in terms of percentage of heavy good, to good vehicles. And those are the data that go into my model. Should those numbers change, obviously the outputs will equally change.
1: And of course, no, no consideration is taken of queuing. Or, or changes in speed you're talking about an, an, a mean speed situation, so in fact, your data is only as, as your, your assumptions are only as good as the data you 're given. Yes, always. Thank you. The issue is this. In a previous meeting, I spoke at a, at a Highways meeting with a member, of, really authoritative member of Highways, about the idea of an overall transport strategy for Saffron Walden. It was occasioned from another point. We were discussing the, the, the Borough Lane intersection. And the comment made was, and this was the comment in, in verbatim, was without the Borough Lane intersection, which it has been abandoned, by the way, I cannot say that any value has been achieved through the Pease and Mount Pleasant Road. He said, he said was it was a model, it was a process of traffic organisation. And the discussion carried on said, so why do we just get, don't we really need an overall transport assessment? And he said, yes, we do, but it'll cost us half a million pounds. So without the, the, what he regards as necessary transport assessment, we've only got the data that the, that the applicant provides us with, which takes no account of queuing or changes in fluctuation and peaks in traffic flows to assess the air quality. And so we, we're hiring a specialist here to do, to do our bidding instead of doing what she does best. Am um, I wrong there?
0: Uh, what I'd like to do here is actually address your question direct to highways, just to basically say, or to Marcus.
23: We'll start with Marcus. Uh,
0: just because it's highways yeah. related, where does the data. Okay.
23: Yeah, sorry, Chairman. It's probably worth just directing one or two uh, questions in respect of those points to, to Anna again, because she would be able to elaborate what factors she did consider in respect of air quality, and queuing was actually one of those.
14: Uh,
19: Yes, indeed. So in the cumulative assessment um, work, we've looked at the locations within the AQMA, air quality management area, where congested um, and and queuing conditions would occur both within and outside canyon areas, canyon street environments. So our model did take into account the queuing, um, and and we've tried to... uh, Express the best we could the conditions of traffic in those locations.
5: Highways, guys. Mr. Chairman, I, would, uh, I wonder could I, I uh, carry on with air quality a bit? I had well, hoped to. That's sorry. Is that still on? Yeah. Sorry, okay. it's an air quality clarification as to how, as to how your data is right,
0: uh, reached, if you like, and then passed on to Anna.
24: Thank you, Chairman, and good afternoon, members. Um, the transport assessment that was submitted with the Kia planning application um, and for the Shire Hill application were both scrutinised by our independent uh, consultants, Ringway Jacobs, um, and also they, uh, the consultants for uh, Kia PBA carried out a further piece of work looking at the cumulative impact of the Link Road. This was also scrutinised by Ringway Jacobs, who have no interest in whether the development should go ahead or not. Um, so totally independent and non-biased, and they were comfortable that all the assumptions, facts and figures in those reports were reasonable and robust. So that should give you some reassurance in terms of the data sets being something that Anna should be working off because they've been scrutinised by somebody who has no interest in the development.
0: Councillor Lodge.
5: Yeah, sorry, I've got a whole number of points. But just, just to address that one particularly, when the, first, when the cumulative effect um, was, was first published, um, and Anna, hello, I know we've spoken, but we haven't met before. Um, the, the, initial, the initial report which, which Anna produced showed that showed some very anomalous results using that data set. One of the results was shown was that there was almost no effect at the Thaxted debden Road lights whilst Bridge Road, the other end, so Bridge Street, the other end of town, had, it had a marked effect. Now we pointed out this to Anna and uh, she went away and looked at that and was to come back with, with, with an assessment of why that happened. Now this has all happened over a very short space of time. So what I'd really like to know is she had the data sets, which you said were good and solid and given to Anna. They gave bad results. It would appear this was rerun. And just in the last 24 hours, could we, could we know what happened there possibly, please?
19: Thank you for the question. Um, indeed, so we, what we have done uh, in, the, in the first iteration of, of the work was to try and look at the scenario of the cumulative assessment without the proposed mitigation. I was not given those data by the uh, well, by, by the source, so PBAs, which got peer reviewed by Jacobs. The cumulative assessment without link was extracted from the ICENIS sorry, there is a new name now, <laughs> um, Engel- Engelman uh, application. So those data were not, that kind of traffic data set was not given by PBA, Kiers applicant, okay? So we felt we would need to have a look at the cumulative effect without this mitigation. I was strongly advised by, by traffic colleagues not to mix two different sources of data because they did take surveys in different times of the week, of the year, and at different locations of the network. When I do my model setup, I need to allocate those numbers onto a specific link. It, it looks like a spaghetti model in my in my modeling tools. And therefore, whereas I had a good feel for the cumulative without the proposed link scenario, I felt after the discussion we had that I had to stick to one single source of data, and hence the the revised data, just looking at the common network which coincides with the uh, air quality management area, just the central area of concern. I hope that more or less clarifies your quite
5: no, right. no, I'm, st- I'm still confused. I think it was the first cumulative assessment that you produced, which I think was probably about four or five days ago. I think it was it was last week. They showed they showed those anomalous results, and you say that was because you hadn't properly integrated the two datasets.
19: So two different data, se- two different sources of data, Icenis and Kier's applications. So I I used their air quality traffic data sets from the air quality assessment work and I merged the two because the network was not the same for both. We had more links on the north and on, on the south side for the um, um, ICNIS application and then we, we had the common network provided by Kier's by application. But using two different sources of traffic is bound to give erroneous... Indeed, yeah. yes.
5: So that was the position you were given last week, and that was approved by Ringway Jacobs.
19: N- then they've no. come
5: back with some further data. Uh,
19: so, so, no, this uh, approved data set by Jacobs was the PBA's alone, so the second revision of report. So I did not use two different sources. I just used the version Jacobs has peer reviewed, just, just using the Kears solely... Assessment of, of the traffic dynamics with the proposed link.
5: When you first did option, the, the, the third report that did include the link road. Indeed. But you are now getting different, different data to reassess the link road. The first one gave the wrong results. Fortunately, the second one gave the right results.
19: The conclusions, I must say, are exactly the same. With with the proposed link road, there is negligible in fact no impact of whatsoever nature within the air quality management area so you you might have seen some anomalies onto the network where you would see an increase or a decrease which was not Matching the second version, and that's to do with the traffic allocation of the but, different but in fact data. They weren't
5: sources. just anomalous, they were ludicrous. I think we, we've, we've all been, people have talked about the effect at the Radwin the Radwinter Road, Thaxted Road lights, and that's one of the main things that we're really going to solve. And what was just four or five days before this meeting, the assessment that came out was there's no difference. <laughs> which, yeah. And then to move on to something which shows that there's a major difference by, by using slightly different data sets leave, leaves us with, a, with an uncomfortable feeling. But can I, can I just address also, um, maybe I'll ask you another question, but I'd just like to address my, my colleagues here. And, it, and it's, I, th- I think uh, um, Mark and, and Howard had, had very good points about electric vehicles. And I think give, given time, Yeah, they're obviously going to to answer the question, and I'm sure that by about 2040 or 2050, when, you know, I I should have been forced to give up rugby then, so uh, I I won't be terribly interested, I'm sure. Um, But we have got Significant problems in in the interim period. If we're talking about um, the the teens that were in the 20s that are coming, we're still going to have those excess deaths in Saffron Waldem. They're about 14 at the moment. Uh, But I think probably even more more worrying is the number of children using... using, uh, uh, Breathing devices, what well, they're called, inhalers, and and that is not going to be cured in the teens and the twenties. But then that leads me on to an important, almost philosophical point, and again it addresses y- y- your concerns there. And that is, when you are doing these future assessments, you can take conservative assessments as to how vehicles are going to improve, or aggressive. Uh, views as to how they're, they're going to approve. And in fact DEFRA, if you look back ten years, DEFRA were being quite aggressive as to how air quality would improve from you know, so, so from 2010 through to now. Um, they were proved wrong. We haven't really had that improvement and if you look at the figures for Saffron Walden, they go up and down. but they really have stayed rather rather level over uh, over the period, so unfortunately, I think you're right in the longer term, In, in, in the short to medium term, there's going to be suffering and we'll talk later about the the heavy vehicles coming past the school. Um, One thing that Anna did with with her assessment, and I'll I'll come back and ask a question on this, she first assessed the the two inputs purely by KIA and I I think it was on uh, traffic movements and on air quality. And in those, they were shown that on their own, the, the, the results were, were awful. Instead of the limit of 40, one of them showed 65 um, micrograms per cubic litre, which is pretty awful. You'd be coughing pretty badly then, yeah, going along Beijing standards, but not quite. Um, and she criticized them for using, conser- for using conservative estimates on air quality improvements. What I believe now, in the final assessment for the combined, I think Anna yourself, you have used conservative estimates to get there where really there's an, assess- there's an argument which says they must should be more aggressive and there are other pictures. And were you to use aggressive uh, methods for assessing them, i.e. along the lines of, of where we are today that, that we haven't seen the improvements, is there a chance or would you believe that it would show a much worse situation even with the link road looking forward just those maybe five, six, seven years? Long question, sorry.
19: V- very good one, though. Um, I'll start with, with uh, the, 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 the first comment in terms of being conservative. So when we did peer review for the individual planning applications, uh, the baseline that was reported was 2016 which is the year before 2017 which was used in the cumulative assessment. So we had higher emission factors, we, we had higher backgrounds. In addition to that, monitoring, local monitoring for the AQMA, had higher values as well. So my adjustment factors were higher. My adjustment factors are numbers that we use to multiply the modelled results so they match the monitoring results. So it it was very conservative, the 2016, in terms of the conclusions. And and as two separate planning applications, I I did criticise, obviously, the approach and, and looking at the results provided in each planning application. When we did the cumulative assessment work, we used the more normal, in average, for Saffron Walden conditions in terms of ambient air quality. 2017 monitoring data is not as spiky as the 2016 data, and then for the adjustment factors were lower, and therefore the impacts totally followed that trend. In terms of expecting improvements in terms of emissions, I know that Euro 5 was not delivering as DEFRA's plan was, and therefore we, we found ourselves, and things like the Dieselgate scandal and things like that have not helped the situation. Euro 6, though, is delivering for both cars and heavy duty vehicles, which is a good thing. So I will not expect in, in five, ten years' time to have the same problem as we had 10 years ago when we were trying to predict improvements uh, for the plan in terms of compliance for the European Union. So in a nutshell, I do not believe that we should be using as conservative as 2016 or 17 um, traffic um, emissions.
5: So are your peers taking a similar view to you
19: In terms of 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 how
5: aggressive or conservative you are about future trends.
19: Yes, but my colleagues uh, are now confident with the new emission factor toolkit published by DEFRA, which takes into account the corporate um, emission factor, taking into account the age of the fleet as well as different driving conditions. It's a a much better um, tool to predict emissions.
12: Councillor Lemon now, otherwise we'll be here all week. Yes. Just a change from pollution really on, I suppose it's on a health and safety factor. Today we drove into the Linden site by going through the industrial site. It was chaotic, to say the least, with lorries parked, cars parked, some on the pavement, some not on the pavement. And I would like to see that entrance stopped so people could not use it to get onto the Linden site – because it would then stop residential vehicles going up there, all the house vehicles wouldn't go up there, but it would also stop. I think the industrial vehicles will tend to go through the site as well. So we really need to block that entrance off so that neither uh, residents can't get onto the site via that and the industrial vehicles couldn't get onto the site. I think the industrial vehicles will just go up there to get out onto the other road. And I think it's important in health and safety that that road is shut.
0: Okay, it may well become a pedestrian access, something like the Councillor Freeman was talking about where roads are junctioned off. Uh, Councillor Chambers, and then I'll come back to you.
20: Thank you, Mr Chairman. I've been listening uh, intently to the discussion, which has now been going on for some, you know, hour and a half. Uh, and I believe that at the beginning of the meeting, my name was taken in vain. I've got a very thick skin, so I took no notice of it whatsoever. What I would say is that we've said about planning and we've said about looking to the future. I'm not an expert on anything at all, and I don't think there are many people in this room who are experts. I don't believe in experts. There are people who will have a little more knowledge than other people, but they're not experts. Now, I think one of the things we need to do is we need to make sure that we're not hypocritical. In other words, we've all got to help with the the issue of air pollution. I'm no saint, but I drive a little Alfa Romeo car and it only costs me no car tax at all because there are not very many emissions. I don't drive a Porsche or a McLaren or anything like that because I think it's just making pollution even worse. But if we're talking about looking to the future and there's been several mention here about bypass if you really want to know about bypass and if the people of saffron walden don't want too much housing in the future don't think that bypasses are going to be the answer to all your queries because you've only got to go to royston look round the A505 where they bypass royston And what have you got between the Bypass and the Old Royston? Thousands of houses. And that's exactly what you will do in Saffron Walden if you do that. You have got to think to the future that if you don't want to spoil Saffron Walden, then be more careful about what you do. But where you do have a scheme here that has a spine road, I won't call it a link road, a spine road that takes some of the traffic from Thaxted Road across to Radwinter Road, then for goodness sake, get on with it and do it. And don't let's talk about all this waffle about air pollution, because in years to come, we all hope that whether it's a hydrogen car, or whether it's an electric car, or whether it's electric Porsche, or whatever you like to call it, it will be less polluting. So I think, Mr Chairman, we've had a very good discussion. I think it's time now that we actually went to the vote on these two applications.
2: Thank you, Chairman. This is only the second time I've spoken today, so I I think I'm not not hogging the... uh, the floor, um, I actually agree with uh, Councillor Chambers. Um, you mentioned Royston, and you could also mention Haverhill exactly the same thing. You build a proper bypass and then you get infill from the centre of the original town out to the bypass and i don 't think any of us would particularly want that so so um, you 're absolutely right. I would like to agree with Councillor Lemon that um, this issue of the boundary, the treatment between this new build estate, the one that's being built out now, Linden Homes, and Shire Hill Industrial Estate, this needs to be given very serious consideration because if you drive into Shire Hill Industrial Estate, uh, you'll find there's vehicles parked all over the place. Of course, they haven't got anywhere else to park. Uh, and they will spill over into the housing estate. Why wouldn't they? Unless there's some means of stopping this. Uh, And by the same token, there will be heavy goods vehicles passing through the housing estate, and it seems to be that's encouraged. It has no impact on air quality, we're told, but it certainly has an impact on the quality of life in the estates. I'm not talking about air quality. I'm talking about the intimidating nature of very large trucks and the fact that housing estates tend to have young people, children uh, on small bicycles and whatever. So that needs to be given serious consideration. And it's a surprising thing that there's actually a link between Manor Oak, Linden Holmes, and Shire Hill. There's no obvious reason why it would be built. And by the way, Chairman, it's radiused to the same radii that take the biggest trucks that the European Union use. That cannot have been an accident. It was obviously at some point considered that we would be putting heavy traffic along that road, and I think that's wrong.
0: Councillor Lodge, then Lachlan.
5: Thank you. I, uh, I'm sure you'll allow me just to come back to, uh, to Councillor Chambers on one point. As, as, as he's probably mentioned this in at least five different meetings, um, I, should, I should point out that... Uh, Car, all cars produce carbon um, the really good news is that I don't drive it around Saffron Walden I, I, I drive a, a tiny number of miles a year, I walk in town I cycle around it, I would cycle around all the routes that you didn't turn up to look at uh, this morning and certainly as far as Saffron Walden is concerned, I put a lot less carbon into the air, but that's not terribly relevant to the discussion um, what, it, what is relevant to me and, and You said we've talked about air quality, you said we'd come back to the road so I hope you will give me a few minutes on the road because I've got the the Essex County Council Transport and Strategy Engagement Study from November 2016 when we were last looking at this. I'm just picking out some of the important points. The Essex Design Guide states through traffic is to be excluded from new residential areas. Point one. Um, The Eastern Link Road is uh, rooted appropriately around the Manor Oak developments and rooted sensitively, but not for sites to the south. Our recommendation that the link road should be direct and not traverse the centre of the development. If this is not reconcilable, then we would not recommend further development in the east of Saffron Walden, as it would not be possible to improve the existing roadwork within the town to accommodate that additional traffic. This is Essex Highways two years ago. Since then, we've now got a very similar application. It's 50 houses less, but... Pretty pretty damn similar application. We've since built a lot more homes, including windfall ones being allowed. Traffic has got worse, as we've seen today. Um, How do you reconcile your simplistic uh, approval of this with the uh, statement that you gave there when we were looking at a very similar development? Question one.
22: I think what I need to do here is uh, essentially the Highway Authority work with Uttle District Council on several fronts. We've got a team who work to support the District Council in terms of production of a local plan and we've got ourselves who who comment on planning applications and we communicate with each other um, uh, and that occurs. Now, the, uh, the the November 2016 report was undertaken by Essex Highways but it was, it was actually taken um, in terms of it was identifying sites for local plan modelling and it looked at a much higher allocation of houses, up to 800 houses at the east of Walden. and the context of that report is written in the context of that allocation which was proposed at the time. Things, various things have happened with the, the Uttersford local plan in, in the meantime and that report has obviously informed what has, uh, what has gone on subsequently. But what we have now is two, two planning applications that have been submitted to us, and, and we've got to look at those planning applications as they have been submitted to us. Those two planning applications, one, one of which is actually included in the current local plan for 150 houses as has already been mentioned, and, it, and, and these sites are adjacent to each other. It, it seems therefore that we should seek opportunities to create a permeable, permeable network of roads around Saffron and to give people the opportunities to travel by foot, by cycle, to provide bus routes and also to allow cars to move around the area and take and take the pressure off of other congested junctions and therefore the context of the highway authority's response is is written with regard to that the 2016 report was something done for local plan modelling what we're doing now is responding to two current planning applications thank you
5: what's the volume of uh, vehicles you're expecting per day on this link road uh, from the kick-off. Well, no, when you get to a, a, a steady state, it's a steady state, it's built and traffic's flowing. The,
22: um, the, the, pre- the previous report looked at around 3,000 vehicles per day, but the context of that report, as I've already mentioned, was obviously in respect of a much larger allocation in this area of Suffolk and
5: So how many are you expecting now on this?
22: In terms of the amounts we're looking at now, I've got some peak hour, um, some peak hour movements which are coming through the junctions. I haven't got the same equivalent figure because we haven't got that information. But what we're looking at is essentially in the in the morning peak hour, we're looking at 271 vehicle, two-way vehicle movements entering from the north from Radwinter Road. From the south, we're looking at 303 two-way vehicle movements. That's in the morning. Um, in the evening, we're looking at about 270 uh, vehicle movements to the south exiting onto Thaxted Road and 267 movements going out onto Radwinter Road. So it's so of that order. So if, if you took these kind of figures, I mean, a, a quick rule of thumb might be that the peak hour flows are around sort of 10 to 20% of, or about, about 10% of the actual daily flow along that particular road, you're looking at somewhere in the region of around sort of 2,600 vehicle movements, something along that, of that order. So it's not that much different to you know, what was predicted. Um, you know, there's a variation clearly, but it's around that kind of level.
5: And so the position says that traffic volumes of this level, including HGVs, which they are, as per the Essex design guide, unsuitable for residential roads of the type being proposed in, uh, in, in this site application. So how do, how do you reconcile that?
22: This was more about the principle of the actual the routing of the road. This, this road is, a, is a, the actual definition of the road. It's a link road um, taken from the Essex design guide. It's been formed to a width of 6.75 metres. It includes a 2 metre footway, it includes a a 3.5 metre cycleway. Now, these are essentially multi-purpose through routes. Um, Sorry, hold on. These link neighbourhoods and they serve uh, non-residential or industrial uses. They act as a a route for bus services and they're capable of accommodating that type of vehicle movement.
5: But at this volume, they're not recommended. How do you reconcile that? The, 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 this, this, this road, I mean, this kind
22: of, those kind of movements work out at kind of about I think it's four vehicle movements a minute or something along of, of those order. The, the, if I, what I can draw you to, is um, some some other work. I mean, there's another document called the Design Manual for Roads and Bridges, which looks at road capacities. Now, that document suggests that a road of these dimensions could accommodate 900 vehicles per hour, which is, if you, if you calculate that on a, on a full 24-hour flow, that's a, a lot different level of vehicle volume um, than, than what we're talking about here. We're talking about connecting up some roads which have a suitable width in accordance with the Essex Design Guide, to accommodate and act as a local connection route to um, to to, to, perme- uh, more, to create a more permeable network of roads throughout South Walden, and to act as alternative routes to go through some of the congested junctions.
5: So, so you you can't reconcile it then to the to the to, to the um, to the highways guide because it very specifically says there. You shouldn't do it. And if we look at what we have here, if if you see the plan there. So coming coming from the top, the road will come down and it's absolutely solidly in front of and a few feet from the front gardens of dozens of houses as you go from the top of there down to the bottom, which have been built for, uh, for for Linden Homes. It then turns left and here's the important thing, it goes straight past the the proposed new school. I will just stop what I'm saying. Well, No, I'll just carry on the journey. It will then go up past, I believe, a playing pitch. And as we saw in the, the Keir development that we sh- saw this morning has got a very different layout from the one that's shown indicatively there. Uh, it, it spent pretty well the whole of its time going past more dozens of houses, the front gardens. It went to a, 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 a T-junction where it turned right. Now possibly that will change. But more importantly it will go in front of the school, so we will have heavy goods vehicles mixing with um, parents delivering their, their children into that school and possibly walking round the corner from the other houses up to the top left of that site. So we will have this incredible mixture of traffic going into the school. And going back to Essex guides, which, which I will then ask Matthew to comment on, A linked road such as this should not be routed past the school, true or false?
22: The situation is not not an unsafe situation, the the design guide is a a guide which directs directs development. This is is a a situation which if there is a school at that particular location, We've, and we've got a link road passing and past it or, a, or a, another road on the network passing past it, it seems entirely appropriate and we have given this some thought that some kind of variable 20 mile per hour speed zone or something comes up to, to alter driver's behaviour at school times. We mustn't forget we're not actually we're not actually labelling this road as the, as the B184 or something like that you know we're not, we're not looking at we're not looking at some of the previous strategies for Suffering Walden which looks to ban various movements and force a link road I still repeat that this is another road to be used to give options to drivers and, and cyclists and, and, and walkers around Walden to negotiate the area. It's an extra road and it provides a, another alternative to, to provide a permeable network which is something that we strive to achieve within uh,
5: New. Yeah, I think I've got it now. You want a link road but you want nobody to use it. Sorry.
0: All right, look, I'm going to take Councillor Lachlan, Councillor Chambers and then wrap it up. And then I'm wrapping it up. Councillor
25: Lachlan. <laughs> For goodness sake. You spend a great deal of time having a go and moaning each other. And I give you something to moan about because I've actually got a diesel car. And it's 2007 and I'm very happy driving it. And I hope it doesn't kill anyone when I drive past. I'm sure if I hit somebody with it, it'll be more fatal than the emissions I put out. That's not to make light of air pollution and air quality but I think we have to get things in perspective. Um, but I would like to ask Highways. Um, it says uh, on page uh, 55 um, on 1199... Can I read it out now? All right. Uh, and this is for people who perhaps haven't got the report. It says... Um, and I would like to know if this is right we are content both planning applications if treated as stand alone would not have a severe impact on highway capacity terms um, subject to the mitigation as set out in my recommendations however we would urge you to recommend that both planning applications are approved thereby providing a link road between Radwinter Road and Faxted Road Um, and it says further down on 11.100, the scheme is therefore considered to be in accordance with policy subject to conditions and both applications being approved. Uh, Can I have some comments on that, please?
24: Of course, no problem. Um, That is advice that I gave uh, Maria as part of uh, our consideration of the the planning applications,
25: Um, and it's there. Word for word, that's, what, that's my advice. I stand by it. Thank you. So you are happy that both applications taken together would not have a detrimental effect, and in actual fact, if the spine wrote or if the through road, it would be beneficial. That, that is your advice. As not, well, Councillor Chambers says, you're not an expert, but you know more than us, so could you please tell us... <laughs>
0: Councillor Chambers,
20: Mr. Chairman, I don't know Elon Gate. The meeting—I haven't heard from you yet on what your views are. I'd be very grateful to hear your views, and then perhaps, after having heard everybody and everybody's spoken, we can go to a conclusion with the vote.
0: I'm going to take council affairs then briefly, Paul, and then I'll try and wrap it up.
1: I haven't spoken. I spoke on air quality. Um, I think Einstein is quoted as saying that the sign of insanity is, 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 is repeating a process over and over, hoping for a out, different outcome. In um, the previous application, I'm just going to inspect. Let's discuss what the inspector would say and forget about the detail. It says and in the article that the first, number one item was, the proposal is considered to be unsustainable form of development in the location as it lies outside of development limits. It's all on your page 22. No change. Item number two, proposal will result in a loss of grade 2 agricultural land no change. Number three, proposal by reason of its size and scale would give rise to unaccessible levels of air quality within South and Malden, no change, 250 to 300, to, to 300, and that's an extra 100 on top. And four, the development hereby permitted would increase the pressure on the local infrastructure, no change. So we've, been, we've established from the, the, the inspector that this will, will be exactly the same thing we require, but we're going to hope he's going to say no to the process. It's completely unsustainable, and I move to reject this.
3: On what, sorry, chairman. No
1: on
3: what... on more. Well, uh, uh, with respect, that's a bit lazy. I think you need to come up with the actual terms. You don't, just, just, can't just say same as before. It's a different proposal. Sorry, as I said at the very beginning, we're we're considering these applications together, but we're voting for them individually, so I assume we're looking at the first application on this case. Can I I I
5: add one on, then, that the, the, the link road contravenes the Essex design guide, if that is good enough as a condition?
3: So, can I, so just, to, just to help members here, the, the original development that was, that was refused in 2014 was refused for the proposal is considered to be an unsustainable form of development in the Clayton as it lies outside the developments of Saffron Warden within the countryside, contrary to policies S1 and S7. I will advise you about S1 as always, that the, the, the issue regarding the local plan is out of date, and to, 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 to even... Consider that a development on the very edge of a town is unsustainable, is is quite dangerous. Um, Question uh, could reason two was the proposal result in the loss of grade two agricultural land, which forms a traditional open space on the approach to several more than contrary to policies S7, EMV3, and EMV5. Um, Thirdly, is the proposal by reason of its size and scale will give rise to unacceptable levels of air quality. Members have received the advice from an air quality expert that he, that he would not. The development hereby permitted would increase the pressures on the local infrastructure. That's the normal one. If members were going to refuse it, you would need to, would need to refuse it for the same reasons. I should also add that Councillor Fairhurst refers to, to page 22, which is to refuse a refusal reason. But on page 23 and 24 is the inspector's response to those issues. And so one of those reasons why the inspector dismissed the appeal was the lack of the likelihood of, an, of a uh, link road being provided. So to add the link road as a reason for refusal, members need to make a judgment in terms of whether that's a sensible thing to do. Um, but I will say members need to consider page 23 if they're going to repeat the same refusal reasons. I'm not going to leave members any other way. So, I'm, I'm going I would to like,
5: the, like to leave the air quality issue in because I believe that it's non-proven. So, you, so the proposal is the same
3: reason as what I've just read out. Yeah. I would suggest you take S1 out because that is not because we're, we're moving on. And also you want to add an additional condition about the link road, which I assume you're going to link to Gem 1. I would advise you not to do that, but obviously you would, you would need to do what you need to be doing in terms of that. I should also add that in terms of the previous dismissed appeal, um, that was at a point where we had a five-year land supply. Um, we have not got a five-year land supply now. so And that is critical. In fact, that's more important than anything we've been discussing today in terms of the issue, in terms of where we're going. But
20: does Mr. Chairman. Chairman.
2: Chairman, Chairman, we have not in place section 106 agreements. Uh, they are mentioned as heads of terms but there is no money attached to them. That needs to be dealt with before we approve this application.
6: In terms of the draft 106, um, heads of terms have been highlighted within both reports. Um, In front of you there is a list of those heads of terms. Um, A lot of the um, aspects have already been discussed and are in detail. The only thing that is left is in terms of the community facilities and the level of contribution to be provided, which is still uh, to be uh, negotiated. Um, it will feature as part of the heads of terms. We're not saying that there will not be a contribution towards that. It's just discussing the level of contribution and that it would have to be still compliant in accordance with the regulations. Um, unfortunately, the figures that have been discussed um, are not um, proportionate to the size and scale of the schemes, um, which will not stand uh, at an appeal should those be challenged. Therefore, um, a contribution is recommended, but that would need to be discussed in accordance with the policies that are coming out as part of the draft local plan and um, with regards to the need that is considered to be required and in proportion to the size and scale of the schemes that we've got before us.
0: Okay. Um, Councillor Lodge, very quickly, please. So, yes, just
5: to have a matter of clarity and an amendment to uh, to the proposal. The matter matter of clarity is that the picture shown there for the the Engelmann's application, there wasn't one which actually showed the link road on there. There was, in fact, a proposed football pitch. Um, The question is, is that football pitch still there because the the, the link road isn't shown on there, and I wonder, is that still in the application?
6: Sorry, this... um, this Find the cursor. This, this
5: that, that space. Map. Yes.
6: Yeah. That's a reserved matter that would need to come forward as part of the school application.
5: A reserved matter. So um, we're, we're by by an approval today. It will not affect that. The, 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 yes. Yes. Okay. Right. The more important matter is that the um, the mitigation uh, with regard to air quality has been. Has been Extreme, extremely vague. I think one of Anna's reports suggested that a, a sum of 516 pounds pence was required. Um, and so we, we don't quite know what that is. I know there's a the link road. Uh, but I would like to propose uh, my condition that basically just to say what it is that we shouldn't, we shouldn't work until we have a clear mitigation plan for the aircraft, which I would hope everybody would think. is is reasonable in that that is unclear. And so my proposal a bit more detail will be no work shall commence until a plan is approved by UDC and ECC highways to show that proposed mitigation will prevent deterioration of pollution levels within the AQMA. I'd like to propose propose that as an amendment.
3: Marcus
23: or Mr. Brown?
3: I think it's more likely Marcus.
23: I think the, the point is about the, the conclusions of the latest report that Anna has finalised, version 5, um, doesn't require any further mitigation over and above the link road. I'm correct in assuming that's the case.
5: Uh, we haven't seen that report.
23: <laughs> that, that's the report I sent you earlier this week. Yeah, the, the Version 5, this is the one I sent you a few days ago.
5: But so that's been updated.
23: No, no, that's the, that's the final version, version 5. Final version, it says on, it on the second page, final version.
5: But, but such, such things, such things um, we talked about the uh, junction at the end of Peaslands and uh, Thackstead Road, and we said we've still got to sort that out. What, 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 if anything, do do we need anything on... What's going to happen to the traffic lights at Thackstead Road, Debden Road? Surely something's going to to change there. We're going to have to change the cycles and so on. I'm I'm sorry, but it really is a complex issue, and we do need to get that right.
23: No, I appreciate that. There are other things we can do within Saffron Water and that junction, and and there are certain improvements, traffic management improvements that can be made. What we're saying is that for for the purposes of this development the link road is sufficient to address the issue about compounding air quality, you know, improvements to air quality, and therefore it's questionable whether we should require any further mitigation measures on that basis.
5: In that case, it's a non-issue. You've done it already. Mm. Let's just check.
23: OK, we'll, we'll take that
0: away. I, I, I take the point you're making... Take the point you're making, but basically what they're saying is that the link road washes its face as far as the scheme is concerned and needs adequate mitigation for these applications coming forward.
5: I think we haven't really had a good good look at that. My my amendment doesn't doesn't scupper that at all. If it's true that what is proposed doesn't affect air quality in the AQMA... It's fine, it's no issue. Well,
0: that's the statement. But should, that, our, well, that is the that made.
5: But they haven't considered the change to the junction on, on uh, Thaxted Road and Peaslands.
0: I think basically your consultant, or our consultant, if you like, has considered
5: the. She's considered, did you, Anna, could I ask, did you consider that junction change? Uh,
19: the uh, proposed link road layout I, I used was uh, very simplistic. So for more complex, I, I would uh, agree that maybe for a detailed stage for the, for the, for the future that we have a, a, a detailed um, modeling yeah, work.
5: Yeah. So I think, I think if I can continue with my proposed amendment, I would, I would be grateful to be, include, to be included in this, in this vote. Yes, no work shall commence until the plan is approved by UDC and ECC highways to show that proposed mitigation will prevent a deterioration of pollution levels within the AQMA?
3: I think we need to be careful here that we are preventing a development from going ahead by something outside their control and I would be extremely anxious about having that so it is, I mean... I'm picking no, up the I'm, asking,
5: I'm asking for it to be proven that the work within this application doesn't deteriorate pollution. Pollution may happen
3: Let's go back a step. By members approving committee today, if it was going to cause an air quality issue... Members would be refusing planning permission. So, by approving planning permission, by approving planning permission today, members, you may not be personally satisfied on this, but the Planning Committee will be satisfied that there is not an air quality issue caused. I do not want an issue kicked down the road that will prevent two developers from developing land for land that they've got legitimate rights to develop. And it's completely. But out they of their only mind. have
5: legitimate rights if they do not make the
3: pollution in Saffron Walden worse. And that, well, that is all I'm that asking. That decision for. is being made today. In terms of you it has been proven to you, well, you haven't voted yet, but if members approve it, then they are satisfied that that is the case and the advice we've got is the case. Well, I'm, not, make, I'm not
5: making it any worse. I'm giving you belt and braces well, to make sure we get it right. Yeah,
3: yeah, but meanwhile, there is other work going on within the town in terms of air quality issues.
5: Fine. And they are so independent would, of it. I yes.
3: would urge the chairman, I would, I'm, I'm talking to you as the proposer now rather than the chairman. I would urge the proposal not to add that matter in because it would cause a major problem later on in the process.
5: What, major, process, what major problem will it cause? That we're going to get the air okay. quality right in South problem. No, I, that's
20: enough.
0: Okay. I'm going to take it as it is. I take the point you're making. I know what you're trying to do. I understand it they are taking mitigation measures on others but what i think they're saying is they can't link everything to these sites
5: i'm not asking to link everything to i'm yes, asking you are. purely you, you are, you're, you're, i am asking purely saying,
0: you're actually saying that the results at the
5: aqma have got to be improved, if you like, as a result no, of this No, what we are asking for is that there's a cast-iron guarantee that this development so will not make air quality worse in saffron wall, and that's all I'm asking for. If they say they've done it, that's fine.
4: I've no, said they've done right, it.
0: I wouldn't do it. Right,
25: we're
5: going to go to the vote as it stands. OK. Like, um, pay- I, uh, no. could, I'd like to propose that amendment, please, to this no, motion. No.
26: Okay,
1: I'm just going to propose a Elizabeth,
5: you have a uh, I think members have, members have heard my proposal. We
4: have a proposal which has been seconded. We now have a proposed amendment. As far as I'm aware, that amendment has not been seconded. We now do have a seconder, so we have to vote on the amendment first.
5: Could I, well, could I speak on it a little bit first then? That's
1: the process. It's the process.
0: I think we understand what you're getting at, all right? I, I do understand the point you're making.
5: But I would like to, make, I would like from, to make a point then. That our ma- advice people,
0: from Mr ma- Brown is that we do not include this because it may hinder the sites coming forward.
5: Well, no, could, could I respectfully to, I'm, suggest I'm that to, member, mem- members have a view on this? And whilst we appreciate, we appreciate what Mr Brown is advising Council us... Councillor
0: Lodge, okay, enough. All right, I'm going to go to the vote on whether we include the amendment or not, which is what you want to do. We,
5: we normally debate amendments. No.
0: We've, we've had enough debate about this tonight.
5: I don't think we've had... We've had well, no debate that's, whatsoever that's not about this. your opinion.
0: This. Unfortunately, it's my opinion. Okay. So, we will go to the vote on whether the inclusion of your amendment should be included. Okay, so all those in favour of the inclusion of Council Lodges' vote, please show. Okay.
5: Can we have that recorded, please? Yes, we can Thank have you. that
0: recorded happily. All those, all those against the inclusion of Councillor Lodges' vote, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, we will now go back to the principal vote on the care development. So on UTT 18 All those in favour, please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. All those against, please show. Okay, that item is carried. And on UTT 172832, the Engelman site? I will propose
20: approval, Mr Chairman.
0: Okay, does that find a seconder? Seconded by Councillor Ralls. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, seven. All those against, please show. Let that be recorded as well. Ben, please. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a five-minute recess. Sure, thank thank you. you very much indeed.
25: Oh, God, I have a pain in my
27: brain.
28: Please hold your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
0: You can't during a meeting, I'm sorry. No, I'll check. Elizabeth, is that correct? Yes?
4: Yes, that's correct. i Substitute... sorry, Anthony, I
0: didn't realise the question. I do apologise. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a lucky devil, then. But... I, I don't think there'll be anything... Anthony? Thanks, really. Uh, UTT 182478, full application at Blue Gates. Mrs Denmark to take us through it. Karen, when you're ready. That's an officer's opinion, right?
29: <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed one? Is that better? Yeah. yeah okay. Right, this is Bluegates Farm on Stortford Road. It says Great Dunmo. It's actually Little Canfield. Um, so this is the site. It's on the outskirts of um, Great Dunmo. Uh, some of you are probably familiar with the site. Um, the uh, Council Depot application previously came in on this land here. Um, so you've got Blue Gates Farm, which is... Um, You've got a dwelling on the front and you've got a large white building at the back here. Um, just to give you some context of the site, so it's it's this area down here. These are um, the buildings associated with um, property named Strood Hall and some barn conversions along the back. And then this is the big A120 junction as you go down towards Great Dunmow there. Um, So this is the existing building at the back of the site, which is currently in B1 use. Which is a photo of it there. And the dwelling at the front of the site. Some more photos of the B1 building and sort of the site in general. So it's a brownfield site in commercial use with a dwelling at the front that is Stroud Hall on the opposite side of the road, listed building. And the proposal is for the erection of a new office block for B1 use. There's the elevations of the drawing, sorry, of the building. And you will see that there's um, quite a bit of car parking proposed. It's a total of 77 spaces, including four disabled spaces. Um, For commercial use, it is maximum standards and not minimum. So that shows the disabled spaces, and now I can't there, and the other car parking, and that's the street view. And (coughs) so, excuse me, it would also be a cycle store, providing for up to 34 cycle spaces. The MPPF is supportive of rural businesses and employment opportunities and there's a potential to create an additional 50 jobs on the site. Um, The floor space is aimed at providing some start-up spaces and also for um, existing uses within the building. The issues are as set out in the Officers' Report, there's no objections from statutory consultees. The Parish Council comments are noted and addressed in the Officers' Report and it's recommended that the application be approved subject to conditions and the Section 106 legal obligation relating to the travel plan and its monitoring.
0: Thank you, Mrs Denmark. Uh, we have one speaker, the agent, Mr Calder. My apologies, Mr Calder, you've had to wait a long while.
24: I'll make this very brief. Um, the officers obviously use their planning judgment to come to a very balanced decision, and uh, we, you know, the client recommends uh, endorsement of this totally. We won't take up any members' time, given the length of the first item the remaining agenda. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Mr Calder. Uh, members, over to you. Anybody? Councilor
20: Approval, Mr Chairman.
0: Okay, I have a proposer for an approval. Uh, Council, I'm not going to... Does that find a seconder at this stage? I'm happy to second that from the Chair, but I'm going to take some discussion on it first because I know you want to speak. Councilor Lodge.
5: Yeah, I'm just concerned about, about the mass of this and that we haven't actually seen it Actually, I, I'm, I'm minded to... Uh,
0: I, I know what we've just done, but I, I do agree with him, actually. Uh, I, I think we probably do need to have a look at this. Uh, it, is, it is a substantial building that's there now. I mean, we know it, and I know Howard Riles knows it. Uh, yeah, and it's probably one of the ugliest buildings you're ever going to see. I, I hope that isn't also in your ownership. But... Yeah. it's is, it is probably... It is, it is a peach... Uh, so I, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Councillor Lodge actually. So
20: I, I'm quite happy to go along with that. Mr. Please, Tim. yeah,
0: I think so. I think we're going to defer just to do a site visit, uh, uh, just to have a look at it in its setting. Uh, my apologies. Uh, what we'll do is we'll pull it to the front of the agenda for next time, just so that you don't sit through three hours again.
1: Well,
0: we that my speech there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do apologise. Yeah. Okay, Uh, so I have to go to a vote for a deferral to do the site visit. All those in favour of that deferral, please show. Uh, Yeah, that's unanimous. Okay, I do apologise, Mr Calder. It's Mr Lodge's fault.
30: <clears throat> the site is located among various retail, commercial and industrial buildings off Thaxted Road in Saffron Walden. It comprises two vacant parcels of land either side of an internal access road. Moving clockwise from the top left, the first photograph was taken from Thaxted Road. The second and third are from the internal road towards Aldi in the top picture there and Haldens. And the fourth is from the Civic community site towards Aldi and the retail units under construction. The proposal is to erect a hotel and restaurant with parking on both parts of the split site. So that's here. And access via a repositioned internal road. So currently that road is around here. This plan also shows the layout of the approved retail units, which are under construction. The hotel would have 70 bedrooms, over three storeys, and a ground floor restaurant, which would be open to both hotel guests and other customers. 44 parking spaces would be provided immediately adjacent, with a further 52 on the other part of the site. The proposed design is contemporary, with a combination of white render, metal cladding and aluminium windows, which is similar to the existing Aldi supermarket and the retail units under construction. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission is granted, however I propose a further obligation for the Section 106 agreement, which would secure street lighting along Thaxter Road before the hotel is brought into use. I also recommend the following changes to the proposed conditions. So on condition three, that should be rephrased to require noise mitigation prior to first use of the hotel rather than prior to occupation of the development as a whole. On condition four, it should be rephrased to require odour mitigation prior to first use of the restaurant rather than prior to occupation of the development as a whole and conditions 7, 8 and 10 should include updated drawing revision numbers. Thank you
0: Luke. Um, we have one speaker, Susie Stevens. It's got nothing to do with Lenny Henry. I'm sure Susie's heard it all before. I, again my apologies Susie, we've run late.
31: It's not a problem. Again
0: Mr Lodge's fault. <coughs>
31: Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity to speak this afternoon in support of the application proposing the construction of a hotel with ancillary restaurant at the Thaxted Road site. Um, you'll all be aware of the wider site's progress and the steps that Granite has taken in recent years to implement the permitted retail scheme which sits adjacent to the host- hotel site uh, with the proposed opening, sorry, with the opening of the Audi store. You may also be aware that Granite is in the process of constructing the approved retail warehouse units, which once completed will bring important inward investment, a widened retail offer offer and local job creation to Saffron Walden. The hotel application represents a further opportunity to deliver a number of economic, social and environmental benefits to Saffron Walden, including investment in Saffron Walden, continuing the investment already made on adjacent land, the creation of a range of new job opportunities, provision of additional hotel, uh, visitor accommodation for Saffron Walden to the benefits of guests working in and visiting the local area, contributing towards improving the overall tourist offer within Saffron Walden with the resultant spin-off benefits for local businesses through increased footfall and trade, making the most efficient use of land through the development of a brownfield site and the construction of a sustainable and high-quality design building representing an appropriate response to the character of the site and the media area. Our client has signed an agreement conditional on achieving planning permission with a well-known national operator to operate the proposed hotel which will ensure that proposed development is delivered and the stated benefits will be secured. We support the assessment and findings set out in the committee report which confirms the proposal is both acceptable in principle and in respect of all detailed considerations. I just thank you again for having my time this, e- this evening and I respectfully request you support the officer's positive recommendation. Thank you.
2: Thank you Susie. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, the Town Council is fully in favour of this and I would like to propose it for approval. Having said that, I'd like to ask the officers, is this appropriate for Section 106 monies or doesn't it apply to hotels?
30: Sorry, is that, which Section 106 monies is that? Is that education contributions? That well,
2: uh, Section 106 monies are a sort of tax on developers, basically. Uh, and we apply them as far as we're able to uh, dwellings. Uh, we've never had a hotel. Well, we have had a hotel, but I can't remember what happened. There was one down at Stansted Airport. That was a long time ago. Uh, it's a major development. It will, it will earn yes, there was supposed to be one at regions. It will earn a substantial amount of money for the operators. It would seem to me reasonable there should be some planning gain for the area. The whole idea of
3: section 106 is to, mi- is to mitigate. The impact of development upon infrastructure, hence why, when housing comes in, and we just had that a lot of that today in terms of the two issues you need to mitigate the impact of the proposal that 's where the highway stuff comes into it, um, but just because the developer's making a profit from this it doesn 't necessarily mean it 's not a tax. That's what, you know, Section 106 is to mitigate the proposals. And quite clearly, go take the housing scenario. That does have an impact in education, and it does have an impact because people live in those houses and they have a draw on society. Uh, Well... That came out wrong, but it, they have an impact upon infrastructure, which means you have to secure that from housing. That's not the case with businesses, and with business applications, you just have to mitigate the development. And in this case, there's a couple of highway stuff that they need to do, um, which is covered by that. But there's not a requirement to go down business, down the route. Just to, it's not a taxation.
2: Okay, but there is uh, emergency services, for example, as a hotel with 70 beds. Uh, I'm happy to second this from the
0: Chair. Does anybody else want to speak? Councillor
5: Lodge? Yeah, we, um, street lighting, I see there are street lights there. You mentioned it earlier. We, I, uh, my presumption was they were going to fix the yeah. the other street lighting. Was that part of the proposal? Yeah, at where are we with that, Luke.
30: They are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's, a, it's the one I recommended in my presentation. It's the further obligation in the Section 106, and that's to ensure that the street lighting is all fully operational up to standard prior to first use of the, of the hotel.
5: Over which length of Saxford Road?
30: So... no no no. because there's another application sorts a bit further down further closer into town down towards that mini roundabout this would go up to that point so between the development and there so it would the result would be street lighting down the length into into town
5: for the avoidance of doubt precise geography what lighting are they doing
30: So, I mean, what, what we'll have as part of the Section 106 agreement, we'll have a plan that will set that out all categorically, so there's no argument. But what it will do, so there'll be, there's existing lighting that's um, already sorted further down Thaxted Road, shown here. So this would secure it up to this point to the access. So there'd be continuous lighting down Thaxted Road to the Mini Roundabout.
20: I can, I, I can see Sorry. what Councillor Lodge is getting at. So out, do, and I. I, do I, which is that. why
30: we had a discussion. To
20: ask
3: that specific question?
5: And ask there isn't lighting. Is the problem? Yeah,
3: yeah.
30: It's missing.
2: There are lights, but no
5: light.
30: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would secure it being operational prior to first use of the hotel. So that's from, the key From, word, from
5: the operation. roundabout to there, operational by first use of the hotel. Is that what the yeah. conditions say? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm happy.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that as well. Happy. Yeah. Councillor Lemon Just a comment um you know I've nothing
5: particularly against this application uh, Except the design of the building oh uh, no, uh, no. It's I was thinking there's a pool in I, I Councillor Lemon have you have you driven up Taxsted Road recently and seen the other developments yeah. <laughs> better than the other Cornwallshire yeah. Hill eh yeah. mm-hmm. right. anyway okay okay this, this, we, we, we have a, a
0: proposer and we have a seconder all those in favor please show one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That is unanimous and carried. Thank you very much. And I'd remind Councillor Lemon, he's not an architect. Uh, UTT 182366, sorry, 181982 at Start Hill.
11: And Mr Gibson will present. David, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Application for nine dwellings located within the development limits of Stansted, Mount Fitchett. Um, to the west of the site lies the petrol filling station, to the east of the site lies residential dwellings, further to the east of the site large, um, lies large industrial units. The scheme would involve the demolition of the existing dwelling barnmead as shown on the photograph above. A number of trees will be removed from within the site. These are not protected trees and replacement planting will be provided within the site. The nine dwellings are proposed in a linear fashion running north to south. The parish Council fully support the scheme as they feel this area is in need of local improvements and they feel this part of the village is perfect for that. The dwellings would be a mixture of two, three and four bedroom homes. They are considered to be of a high standard of design in keeping with the wider area. Um, Sound insulation measures to achieve suitable internal noise levels will be added due to the proximity to the Stansted flight path. Um, In summary, it's located within the settlement boundary, It is considered to be sustainable development, would not impact on the privacy or immunity of the neighbouring residents, and highways are happy with the scheme. It uh, It would provide dwellings within the settlement boundary and would help revitalise the area with full support from the parish council. Therefore, Chair, it is recommended for approval. Thank you, David.
0: We have no speakers on this application, I don't believe. No, we haven't. Uh, So it's over to you. Could you go back just to the site plan, David? Yes, sure. No, that's it. Um, And is the house being demolished on the right? The house being demolished... Or is it in the grounds of that house?
11: Yes, it's approximately in this
0: location here. OK, so it's not the... the OK.
11: It's not, no, So basically the,
0: the... The house on the right is retaining its own land yes, and garden. Yes,
11: that's the neighbouring property, yes.
0: So the point I'd like to make is, I, I think, you know, I'm happy to propose this, but I don't want to see this coming back with the demolition of that house with another site that then exceeds the number that we would require affordable on, if you see yes, what I mean. I know that's not relevant. I'm just making it as a statement. Can we go back? Sure. That's it. Hold it there. It is. It's, it's in different ownership. That okay. Okay. Ownership. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. All right. Um, any comments, ladies and gentlemen? No. I'm happy to propose this from the chair. No. And I have a seconder. All those in favour, please show. I have a unanimous decision. That application is approved. Moving on. UTT 181811 the Bell House, High Street,
11: Henham. Mr Gibson again. Thank you Chair. And the application seeks consent for the erection of three dwellings to the north of the Bell House in Henham. Strong objections have been received from the Parish Council and Neighbour Residents relating to unsustainable developments, impact on the countryside, impact on amenity, impact on the conservation area and listed buildings. The dwellings would be located outside of but adjacent to the development limits of Henham. The land is currently paddock land, As you will be aware, the Council cannot currently demonstrate a five-year supply of housing land. Um, Dwellings have been constructed to the east of the application site, as you can see on the site plan. An access will be built along the eastern boundary of the site. To facilitate this, the detached garage would be removed from the property, and a garage extension would be built to the side of Bell House. It should be noted that the residents of the property, Datchett Mead, the nearest neighbouring property to the east, have not objected to the scheme. The design and scale of the dwellings are relatively traditional, with materials consisting of render, red brick and handmade clay tiles. The footprint of the dwellings take inspiration from the footprints of a number of the neighbouring properties, with small offshoots from the front and rear elevations, giving a more traditional and less modern appearance to the dwellings. <laughs> Each garden would be in excess of 100 square metres, prescribed in the SPD and Essex Design Guides. Um, the officer reported incorrectly stated 70 square metres, such to clarify each garden is in excess of 100 square metres. The proposed dwellings are located outside of the conservation area. The conservation officer was involved at the pre-app stage and advised that given the screening from the conservation area by the existing dwellings, the scheme would not have an adverse impact on the setting of the, the conservation area or any of the listed buildings. A plan has been provided which shows the separation distances between the application site and the neighbouring properties. This doesn't take into account some rear extensions that have recently been approved and built, but the separation distances are still considered acceptable to protect privacy and amenity. The following slides give a run-through of the site, starting on the road outside of the site. The property on the right-hand side of the photograph here is the property to the east of the application site. This is a photograph looking west along... Um, past the application site. The application site is the one with the large gable feature on the right hand side of the photo. This is looking east along High Street. This is a photo taken from the front of the application site, that is Bell House. On the left hand side of the photo that is the garage to be demolished. The white building is Datchett Mead, the nearest property to the east. This is the neighbouring property. Landscaping in this section will be improved to limit noise from cars. This is the stood in the middle of the application site looking south towards the village. This is, look, this is from the application site looking east towards the relatively recently built new homes. A photograph of the, from the site looking southeast. A photograph showing the eastern boundary of the site. And a photograph from the rear garden, the fence of the paddock area looking north into the countryside. Photograph looking northeast towards the relatively recently built new dwellings, and finally a photograph looking northwest. As you can see from the photographs, whilst the site is located within the countryside, outside the settlement boundary, um, so it would have some impact upon the countryside, i.e. the immediate site. Given the screen and afforded to the site, the dwellings to the east and the character of the site itself, It is considered that it would not have a significant impact on the character of the wider countryside. When viewed against the backdrop of the existing village to the southeast, it is considered to be a suitable development in this location. In summary, whilst it is located outside the village of Henham, it is adjacent to the settlement boundary and is therefore considered to be relatively (coughs) sustainable development. It is considered given the development to the east, it is a natural square enough. it would not be overdeveloped at the site and it would not lead to a significant loss of light or overbearing impact of the neighbouring properties. Therefore, Chair, the application is recommended for approval.
0: Thank you, Mr. Gibson. Uh, we have two speakers, and I'll take Jeff Gardner from the PC first. Jeff, I'm sorry about to wait so long.
32: before we start the clock, I want to say, I mean, no discourtesy to officers about what I'm going to say, nor do I want to lecture this committee, you're very learned, but there's some fundamental flaws with the interpretation of policy that I want to bring to your attention, but I'll put it in that way. Is that okay? Um, the uh, um, small point, the site plan doesn't show the site, it shows the existing house, but I'm sure you've worked that out. The paragraph 8 one of your report lists all of the parish council's objections so there's no need to um, repeat those but it does include contrary to the submission local plan or the reg 19 local plan that doesn't get a mention in the report at all it's been mentioned a lot in other items that i've heard this afternoon but it's not mentioned here and i think it is material um it is given weight in those other reports and paragraph 48 of mppf sets out the three grounds for why it should have weight i won't repeat those the um the the emerging local plan cannot have some weight just when officers are recommending approval but it also has weight in all of these reports at this particular time the state we're at it ought to be a standing item in in reports and I'll come to the importance of that later on Um, the ELP as I'll call it has calculated housing need, you know all this, made careful allocations throughout the district hotly fought over Uh, This site is not an allocation, that is a factor that you need to take into account in my view. There are other inconsistencies in the report. Paragraph 11.3 states that S7 has strict control on new building, but then says the MPPF supports well-designed buildings to support sustainable growth and expansion. No, it doesn't. That's a reference in paragraph 80 to actually commercial buildings, and you can look that up. It doesn't have those words. Paragraphs 11.4 and 11.5 notes that S7 allows infilling that accepts this is not infilling and that's important. 11.7 states that the five-year housing land supply cannot be demonstrated but then fails to quote the right text which is in paragraph 11 which is what's often called the tilted balance Um, and that is what you're here today to decide whether the the impacts of this development outweigh the need for three houses set against the five-year land supply the conservation area and the listed buildings are principles which are um, significant and demonstrable the report says there is no impact I know the position you are in but there is no expert uh, view on that I don't mean that discourteously but I think it needs more than an assertion, there is a real impact and this is borne out what, by some of the objectors have said 11.9 lists economic benefits, short term construction activity, support to local services, 11.10 then contradicts that by stating the dwellings would be reliant on the car and would access a wider range of shops etc elsewhere. 1112 recognise that the proposal is only relatively sustainable. 1110 states that these will be large family houses. There is nothing in policy which suggests exceptions on that basis. Also the three dwellings in 1110 are acknowledged to be a small contribution to housing supply. The 11.11 claims the site is well screened on the edge of the village lessens further impact. There is nothing in policy which supports those tests. The actual test in those policies is that development in the countryside will only be permitted if it protects or enhances the character of the countryside or needs to be there. No such claim is made in the report, nor could there be that claim. 11.26 it is asserted this is the conservation point, asserted that it doesn't affect conservation enlisted buildings, there's no expert view I know your position but I think you need to address it otherwise every conservation area enlisted building in your district really needs the expert advice that once, once you had the resource you had the Reports list other features which are said to be acceptable design, overlooking access, and the ecology. These are relatively insubstantial factors to take into account in any balance. There are much bigger issues here. A recent appeal decision supported F7, and I quote three of these one Secretary of State, where he said F7 had to be given significant weight, um, and other, uh, other inspectors have given considerable weight. The proper impact balance to consider is three houses versus countryside protection, plan-led development boundaries, impacts on the conservation listed buildings. The report, in my view, does not adequately apply that test to paragraph 11 of MPPF, and planning permission should be refused. And I summarise, I've got three, three areas and three, I know you like the policies. So what countryside is S7, and in the emerging local plan it's SP10, Outside settlement boundaries is H3 in the adopted plan, SP9 in the emerging plan, and then the impact on conservation area listed buildings is ENV1, ENV2, and in the new plan, EN2, EN4. Thank you. Thank you very
27: much.
32: I'm sorry.
0: Uh, and we have the agent to speak, which is Mr Stollery, if I've said that right. Again, apologies for the delay, Mr Stollery. Um, You have four or five minutes, which is equal-equal, Okay.
33: Okay. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I'm the applicant's architect and also represent the owners of the site. Um, The proposed three new dwellings on the paddock land to the rear of Bell House follow a pattern of small clusters of residential development behind established frontage plots within the conservation area, including Highfields, Hall Close, the Chase and the Robin and Ivan houses. The proposed dwellings reflect the character and pattern of the recent precedents within the village and follow the typical spacing and grain of the surrounding detached properties. The proposal has been designed as a sensitive development which respects its setting between a conservation area and the open countryside, and the house designs reflect the local Essex vernacular. The paddock sits outside of the conservation area, 65 metres back from the high street, It cannot be seen from here due to the existing houses and the landscaping, which ensures that the setting of the conservation area and the neighbouring listed buildings remains unaffected from the public realm. Indeed, verbal advice from the conservation officer stated that the proposals would not have an adverse effect on the setting of the conservation area or the neighbouring listed buildings. The site is currently well enclosed by established hedgerows and mature trees along its boundaries and many of the neighboring properties do not currently have clear views of the site from within their properties due to the existing vegetation as as well as the distances their properties are set back from their own rear boundaries. The proposed dwellings have been carefully positioned to minimize any possibility of overlooking with significant distances of at least 25 meters but typically over 40 meters to neighboring buildings. Given that privacy is achieved by the distances between proposed and existing properties, it follows that overshadowing and overbearing are not a concern. Careful consideration has been given to the form and scale of the proposed dwellings, with particular care taken to make sure that the ridge heights are comparable to the closest two-storey dwellings. The paddock site is outside the village development limits, but as Uttlesford cannot currently demonstrate their housing supply, the proposal should be judged against the MPBF with a presumption in favour of the sustainable development. Three new houses will make a small but positive contribution to the housing supply and the village is clearly considered a sustainable location due to several recent developments in the village being approved during the last five years. In summary, the proposals do not cause any adverse effects to the existing ecology. The proposed dwellings are designed to be in keeping with the local vernacular using traditional materials. Overlooking has been mitigated by the positioning of the dwellings on the site. The proposals utilise an existing access which minimises any impact on the conservation area. The setting of the listed buildings remain unaffected and the proposals contribute three new houses in a sustainable location. The pre-app response clearly stated that development on the site would have no significant impact on the countryside and the case officer report agrees stating that there will be very little impact on the character of the area given the backdrop of the existing dwellings and the screening already afforded to the site. We do not believe that any adverse impacts of this proposal can significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits of the proposal and that the Planning Officer's recommendations of approval should be supported.
0: Thank you, Mr Match Mr Stollery. Um, Councillor Chambers to start, and then Councillor Lachlan. Uh,
20: Mr Chairman, I... I I have some concerns about this. I have con- some concerns about uh, uh, conservation area in listed buildings, and I think we have to be very careful with that. I wonder if I might suggest that... I don't know how many members of the planning committee know the site, but if I were to suggest a deferral for a site visit, I think it might be a good idea.
12: Yeah.
0: The right decision.
3: Yes, yeah, we would have visited. Yeah, uh, I do know uh, what we we you would have visited,
0: uh, Okay, moving on, Luke, when you're ready. No,
3: awesome. gone ahead of myself
30: Thank you, Chairman. The site is located at the corner of Carmen Street and Jackson's Lane in Great Chesterford. It previously formed part of the Garden of the Dells, shown here, uh, although development has since commenced following a grant of planning permission for the erection of a dwelling. The proposal is for an alternative to the approved scheme, the main changes being a smaller cart lodge at the front of the site and a revised street scene drawing to correct an error on the approved drawing, which you'll see in a moment. Here are the elevations for the front of the house and the cart lodge. And here the approved street scene drawing is shown at the bottom of this slide and the proposal is at the top. To correct the figures at paragraphs 11.3 and 11.4 of my report, the proposal includes a 0.7 metre increase to the ridge height and 0.2 metres to the eaves. Taking into account the setback position of the dwelling compared with the Dells, which would minimise the visual impact from the height increase, it is recommended that planning permission is granted.
0: Thank you, Luke. I have one speaker. Peter Legris. Sorry, Peter. How do you pronounce your second name? Again, my apologies for the delay. It's been a long day.
26: Thank you, Chairman. Yes, my name is Peter Legree. I'm a chartered town planner. Uh, just I have to clarify a couple of points raised by uh, Mr Mills, unfortunately. Um, first of all, in paragraph three... Can I, can I just
0: stop you a second? Anthony, could you be good enough to shut that door again, please? <laughs> my apologies. It's fine. Thank you. Please so start
26: again. There you go. I'll do that. Yes, uh, I just need to clarify a couple of points uh, on the report and from what Mr Mills has just mentioned. Uh, paragraph 3.1, it states this is a, an application to vary the permission granted in uh, February 2017. That's not correct. This is an application to vary the terms of the plan permission granted in June of this year, uh, which is set out on the top of uh, your, your papers here. Um, and secondly... The ridge height is not increasing by 0.7 metres. In the report it says 1.5 metres. um, The clarification is there is an increase from the original drawings by 0.7, but the dwelling itself is not altering. There is no increase whatsoever in the height of the building. If I can explain the circumstances, um, a previous architect who was involved took uh, into account some topographical details on a much earlier application and incorrectly showed the adjacent property called the Dells, the ease and the ridge height of that property. The building and the plans that you have before you of this application are absolutely identical to the scheme approved in June, with one exception, and that's in relation to the cart lodge. The cart lodge is actually smaller on this drawing, on this scheme, than the one approved. In all other respects, the application is identical to the, the millimetre. The difficulty has been that there was a condition imposed on the last plan permission which said that the development should accord with the street scene drawing that was part and parcel of that application, drawn by another architect who inadvertently took incorrect spot height details. My client, and this is not an enforcement issue, there's been no response or no issue raised for that. Because this is a very substantial investment, my client is concerned to make sure that every single aspect of this development is correct. Mindful of condition four, um, which uh, says that the scheme must relate to the, the correct ease height and ridge height of the dells, they have spotted that there is a 0.7 metre variation. That is, the dells. was shown 0.7 metres lower. So, this dwelling is no different. The Dells was shown incorrectly at 0.7 metres lower in height. All this application is doing, other than the car lodge, is securing the confirmation that condition 4, that the drawing relates to the ridge and ease heights of the Dells, is correct, 100% correct. So basically they're crossing the T's and dotting the I's in that respect. Um, The the new dwelling will be set back 11 metres from the road frontage. Uh, The scheme could be built out in terms of exactly what you have in front of you. The conflict is that there is a variation um, between the wording of the condition for and my client's previous architect uh, who, who made that error. We're just trying to correct that error in that respect. So, other than that, uh, uh, Chairman members, there is no other variation. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Okay,
0: we have no other speakers. No, we don't. Uh, Members, Councillor Chambers. Uh,
20: Mr Chairman, I call this in because the parish council are very much against um, what is being proposed. I think one of their concerns is that, that, um, apart from I didn't like it, But that was nothing to do with, this is a personal view, it's not to do with it. It's the parish council that were very much against it. I think we've had now three or four different applications on this. And it is next to an extremely nice um, (coughs) listed building. I don't know whether I should declare an interest because I know um, Councillor Mrs Redfern, but I mean I have no pecuniary interest at all. But perhaps you'd just like to put it on there that I am the fellow member on the Chesterford's uh, so it does seem to me that I, I, I can't quite understand what the gentleman is saying. I'd like to hear from um, Mr. Brown what his thoughts on it are purely and simply because it doesn't, it doesn't seem right. There's something wrong somewhere and I, and I don't like having the wool pulled over my eyes.
30: Let Luke... <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, so effectively th- this slide sums it up really. So the bottom picture is the, that's the approved street scene. So that's what the current permission requires to be built. And there is a condition on that planning permission to ensure that we don't end up with a house that's at a very different height compared with neighbouring properties that essentially fixes those eaves and ridge heights relative to the dells. So that's the property to the left. So that's the current situation. What then was found by the applicant in embarking on the development is that um, once they've measured up, building the house to exactly the same dimensions as has already been approved, but it's obviously finding that actually the topographical situation is a little different to first thought, um, and the the, um, height of the dells hadn't been accurately measured, Uh, they've found that once it's now been accurately measured, it's the top situation. So it's the same house, the same size, but actually, relative to the dells, it would be that relationship shown at the top there. And so that's what they're seeking to regularise now. So, um, yeah, while well, the building's the same height, it's relative to the dells, there would be an increase in the ridge height relative to the dells of 0.7 metres. And when it's looking at eaves, it's an increase of 0.2.
3: Sorry, and just to pick up the other point, to agree with what the Speaker said, this isn't an enforcement issue, because this isn't an enforcement issue, because this was raised early on, and the, the, there's been discussions between the, and quite rightly, the, the applicant has taken the very sensible measure of just stopping. Because, it, first of all, there's this, there's this major investment, and it also it's sort of clarifying where we're going to end up. Um, we're on basis of the, the, the original approval given. Um, and it's all down to the street scene just showing the Dales. And it wasn't this current... It wasn't anything in terms of anything deliberately done, but it just showed the Dales being lower than it was, higher than it was, wasn't it? That's what it boils down to. So the relative it's relatively between the two. So this is trying to clarify the application going forward. The applicant could have argued, we don't need to put another application in, and we would just carry on, and we're not, won't be in accord, we won't be in breach of planning control. But they are taking the very sensible option, and a very safe option of putting it back in front of committee just for clarification. And I think they should be commended slightly for that, taking that approach.
2: <clears throat> Councillor
3: Freeman, and
0: then...
2: Councillor Riles. Yeah, thank you. Very brief, briefly, what are the significance of the ghostly outlines on the top right-hand side? Is that actually what it is?
30: I would ignore those. Okay. One of them is inaccurate, <laughs> so really wouldn't rely on those. So, so for, the say sake, for, I
0: agree. for the sake of clarity then, what we're looking at is the two items sort of on the left, whereby we've got like a where's Wally situation here, where the Dells looks... So, the one at the bottom looks exactly like the one at the top. Would that be my agreement of it? So, the bottom left, right, two houses, one in front of the up, looks exactly the same as what's above
30: it. Correct? So no, I mean, no, the, no, no, the bottom image, the bottom, well, that's showing... So the bottom image, that shows the Dells on the left-hand side and then the proposed dwelling to the right. So it's this continuous street scene of the two buildings. Yeah. OK. And then, so that's what's been approved, which has subsequently been found to, to be incorrect. And then, so what's been proposed is the top situation. So that shows the Dells, again, on the left and then the proposed house on the right.
3: Chairman, the fact that you're asking where's, where's Wally's situation
30: just shows it's not a lot different. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> Let me show you. So if you look at the cursor here, <laughs> if you look at the cursor here, so if I try and take a fairly straight line across there, it's really difficult. Do you see what I mean? So that's, it was always going to be higher. The, the proposed problem was always going to be higher than Adele's. But now, if you look how it's accurately Angle, plotted... Oh, ang- you come across, Look, You can see. It. Sorry, I <laughs> <laughs> do my best.
21: Look, can I ask a question here? I mean, there's a couple of things. I, I get what the applicant trying to achieve, and, and that, that's quite noble um, compared to some of the applicants we get here. Um, but anyway, is there, a, is there a difference in? You said it's topographical. So is the land slightly higher on the, on the proposed development? which also muddies the waters as well, because by looking at both of those, the Dells is significantly lower than the one on the right in both pictures. And if you take the ghosting off, which is just there to confuse us, um, it still seems to be higher on the right-hand side. So is there a land height issue as well as the actual measurements? So it's, not,
20: it's not higher on the right.
21: On the, the land, side. the land. The land is level. It's all level, is it? Yeah. So it I, mean, still I think,
30: I think more, more to the point what it was was the Dells had not been accurately measured. Uh, when the first application was put in and so the purpose of that condition that has initiated this current application the purpose of that was to prevent a situation where we end up with a house popping up looking a lot higher than the neighbor than we'd anticipated so what it means is it fixes the eaves and ridge levels relative to the neighboring building which means if anything has to give it would be the ground level so So, so you end up with a relationship that would look exactly as shown on the drawing but Okay,
21: so I I get what they're trying to achieve, but the drawing still shows it higher. If the round is level and it's supposed to be the same height as the Dells, why isn't the drawing showing up there the same height as the Dells?
30: It's not to say that it's supposed to be the same height as as the Dells. It it is higher, it was always higher, and it's now going to be even higher relative to the Dells than we thought. But my recommendation is that that's only a very slight increase that would be barely perceptible to most and not of... I, sorry, I, understand yeah, so that's the, my I understand that
21: it was mismeasured the Dells was mismeasured by 0.7 metres I get that and so the, the property would look that much bigger I thought the, the, the principle was it was not going to be any higher than the Dells Fine. Okay. from my point
0: I, I don't think this is an application by stealth I think it's an application of clarification yes. uh, and I think they, the, uh, the applicant should be commended for perhaps bringing it before us so I'm happy to uh, move to approve this as the officer has recommended. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Lachlan is happy to second. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six and against Councillor Chambers. Okay, that item is carried and clarified. Thank you very much for your time. (laughs) UTT 182572, Nats Lane in Wendon and
11: Zambo. Mr Gibson, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. This is outline permission sought for the erection of a single dwelling. It is reported to committee as the applicant is related to an Uddlesford Council staff member. The site is located within the development limits of Wendon Zambo and it's considered that the principle of development is acceptable. Residential dwellings are located to the south and east of the site. Um, the property to the southwest, sorry, southeast, Reeves, um, is a listed building. Um, an indicative drawing has been provided showing a dwelling sitting comfortably within the plot. Details of design and impact would be assessed at the reserve matter stage should outline permission be granted. The site is relatively well screened and would have limited impact on the character of the area, the setting of the listed building, given a separation distance involved. No objections or representations have been received. In summary, the scheme is considered to be sustainable development located within the settlement limit of Wendon-Zambo. No objections have been received from any internal or external consultees. Therefore, Chairman, the application is recommended for approval. Uh, Thank you, Mr Gibson.
0: Anybody? I'm happy to propose from the Chair. Does that find a seconder? Seconded by Councillor Lodge. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, David. Uh, you're in the chair again. Divinia Avenue. Um, I have spoke to Councillor Freeman about this, and he uh, called it in as such, and he's quite happy to uh, it's, make uh, a statement. The matter
2: that, uh, that caused me to call it in has now been resolved, so I'm very happy for this to be approved. It's in my ward. Okay, so I'm actually happy,
0: having understood that, to actually go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Thank you, David. Well spoken. I had a 25 minute
11: presentation <laughs> ready for you as well.
0: <laughs> and finally, uh, the UTT 183069 HHF. Uh, Mrs. Shoesmith will take us through this.
6: Oh. He did have a presentation as well. Hi, okay. (laughs) Okay, the application sites for Melbourne Cottage in Lower Green in Wimbush.
0: Hold it, please. Sorry, David, okay. (laughs) It's Councillor Lemon again. Would you like to start again, Mr. Schuster?
6: So, the applications for Melbourne Cottage in Lower Green, Lower Green Lane in Wimbush. The application is for amendments to a two-storey extension and the addition of a a single-storey rear extension. Planning permission was already granted back in 2016 for extensions to the dwelling, which include the erection of a two-storey side and single-storey rear extensions. Um, Let me just have a quick look, so this is a scheme that was originally approved uh, back in 2016 which allowed for rear extensions and the two storey side extension. So as part of this application what they're proposing to do is alter the hip roof to a gabled roof to utilise the loft space within the two storey extension and the insertion of a window within the gable. Also the addition of a single storey rear extension to the back of the property. Um, in terms of the scheme, whilst it would result in a significant increase in the footprint of the property, um, the overall impact um, is considered uh, not to be significant and would not affect the neighbouring properties. So this is the application site um, before us, which is this cottage here. Oops, no, and that's it. So. Um, In terms of impact, no impact is considered on the neighbouring properties considering its relationship because the extension is here and the single storey here Um, and therefore approval is recommended subject to conditions listed in the report. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Uh, Have we had any objections? No objections. No objections. Okay. 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 Members? Happy enough to? Okay. Proposed by Councillor Lemon. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, all those in favour, please show. That is unanimous and carried. And that ends today's proceedings. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.
27: You did. You should have done
0: that.